0: Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised.
1: The Pinball Network is online. Launching
0: The Pinball Show. On this week's episode of The Pinball Show, I welcome some very special guests. A bug, a softie, and a boss. Find out how to win free stuff in this episode. We also learn a ton about the inner workings of Spooky Pinball. Halloween and Ultraman selling out in hours. Launching a new pinball machine. When we're gonna see these games being played. A design by committee. Featured game mechanisms. Nerding out on code. Spooky pinball moments. Ultra who? The battle between Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Spooky's plans for the future, internet connectivity, Question
1: mark.
0: Mandalorian Ellie impressions, and pinball market trends. All of this and more in this jam-packed episode 67. So bounce out of that asylum, steal a station wagon, and come lurk with me, creeper. <laughs> Sausage fingers
2: pinball is a game of skill for some it's a passion and a lifestyle it's time for the pinball show it's pinball with personality it's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon. And remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Welcome
0: back, all of you fine pinball lovers, to The Pinball Show, episode 67. And for those of you who aren't fine pinball lovers, I don't know what the hell you're doing listening to the show. Maybe it's because I'm so damn charismatic or funny. Dennis Kreisel is rolling his eyes right now, but he's not going to roll his eyes to our special co-hosts this week. So I thought it would be really cool if if any of you guys are on pin side, you know, and have visited the spooky threads out there. And there is a fella from spooky pinball that I find intriguing. I've never heard him talk on podcasts that I know of. He goes by spooky. Luke we will have a really corny, horrible nickname by the end of the show, but he goes by Luke. And I reached out to Luke and said, Hey man, would you be willing? You, you represent yourself so well on Spooky Pinball on the forums. Would you be willing to jump on the air and co host the Pinball Show with me? And he said, because he's a freaking nice guy, he was like, Yeah, absolutely. But uh, would it be okay? Would you be open with me bringing the whole gang in? And I was like, Shit, yeah. Why not do that? So we've got today a special, special episode of the Pinball Show for you, introducing Spooky Pinball's Spooky Luke. Corwin, a.k.a. Bug, and the boss himself, Charlie Emery. How's it going, guys?
3: We're doing great. How about you? I'm flipping off these two because I'm the boss.
0: The boss, too. I'm just
3: going to be excited to see the people that figure out that me and Corwin aren't the same person.
4: (laughs) 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 That's
0: a real problem.
3: (laughs) I wasn't going to tell them any different.
0: (laughs) First off, Luke, who in the hell are you? When did you get started at Spooky Pinball? Are you part of the family? Like... What's your story?
3: Basically, I was one of the first people Chuck hired straight out of high school, so oh, cool. I've been around for like eight years now. Um, you were still in high school? Yeah, I was in high school when I started working.
1: Yeah,
3: um, I started building right away. I actually built a pinball machine before I ever played one. So,
0: wow was it like a was it like a machine we know, or was it your own machine, or what? What's the deal there?
3: A- AMH was actually the first machine I built because that's what we're working on at, at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, they had done a prototype, maybe one or two. And basically, I came in for my first day, and Chuck was at the point where he was going to hire some people to start building, and I just started putting it together. So, holy shit. It,
4: it's the typical Benton story there, Zach. Mm-hmm. His grandmother walked into my office because she runs the village desk, and she's like, You should hire my grandson. And I was like, oh, Okay.
3: So was, that, that, was that was, that was, I got the job. I've never filled out an application yet. Um, oh, wow. I'm still just out here working. <laughs> <laughs> I expect so, that on my desk by Monday.
0: <laughs> so, Luke, what's your, do you have like an official job title or?
3: Uh, so, over time, I just kind of kept inserting myself into everything mm-hmm. until I was just in charge.
0: I respect so, that. I've been
3: running production now for probably six years. I, do pretty much all the hiring, firing, manage the line. Uh, wow! Just pretty much run the shop now for five or six years or so, and Holy try crap. to keep everything moving.
0: So, so. that's what uh, that's what uh, I think is going to be very intriguing to a lot of pinball enthusiasts out there. I didn't I didn't know that. Okay, so you're you're running things just like Bug and Charlie are. That's very very cool. Charlie, do you see Luke as like a um, a weird nephew or like a son, or uh, what's that relationship like?
1: Well, he's
4: been in a relationship with my daughter for several years now, so wow. I better like him a little bit, I guess.
0: <laughs> he passed so, the test, certainly. Or yeah, can we
4: call it? Can we just call him Mister Squirrel? I think. Wow!
0: Wow, Mister Squirrel. That's right. He, he was a layup for me, The
4: Production falls off tomorrow. He's gonna be pissed at me <laughs> when he hits
3: the floor in the morning.
0: This is really cool. Uh, So, okay. More information. I I like this. So what's your typical day look like, Luke?
3: I generally roll in about a half hour late. Okay. Um. That's, That's
0: the, that's the Benton way I've heard.
3: Yeah. I, uh, mornings and me i'm cranky i'm kind of a toddler no i i start i usually check emails i well as you know i do some of the tech support and everything too i try to help out people whenever i can of course i uh always scan the pin side you you see me there i'm always Mm -hmm. always scanning the pin side spend a lot of time just trying to figure out you know what people are looking for what people are having problems with what i can help them with what i can make better corwin and aj have been kind of supervising the line for about a year now um, so that got that off my shoulders, so I usually go out there and bother them a little bit Make sure everyone's on task put some cabinets together and
0: you're doing just, everything uh, basically And now you're helping design a pinball machine.
3: Maybe mention the metal company that you started. <laughs> yeah Yeah, yeah, I guess halfway through I actually started uh, we we're having so many supply issues with Metal and just getting the parts right everybody was messing them up so mm-hmm. I bought a, a laser and started laser cutting the steel parts and a bunch of brakes and started doing that and i guess a little while after that that kind of catapulted us to start screwing around on making games and i started drawing a lot of the parts and stuff for that so
4: so basically every every ball guide every side rail every apron uh every speaker panel everything that you see in a spooky game comes from again you know we've talked about in the past on the spooky pinball podcast and other shows that we we try to keep everything local. Luke was a big part of that early on. Like you said, we had supply chain issues. He bought a laser. We solved it. He solved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just basically started feeding Spooky with all our metal parts. And uh, it, it's been
3: a great relationship for all of us. So
0: That's fantastic. So you three are super invaluable to the entire process. That's great to hear.
3: We spend disgusting amounts of time with each other at this point. It's yeah. really appalling.
4: I I get all the credit, and it's really not fair to these guys because uh, they're such a huge part of the operation. There's, There's no way Spooky is sitting where it is today without Luke and Bug and AJ and everybody else that's on the floor. Every single minion in there really busts their ass for this company and for you. Wow. And uh, wow. I think people really starting to see now that, you know, what we are capable of and these kids keep wanting to grow things. And so I'm just kind of staying out of their way.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you guys are doing a fantastic job at that. I think I've owned, I'm trying to think, I believe I've owned all of your main, main uh, titles. I've got America's most haunted. I've owned that. I've owned Rob Zombie. Uh, I have owned, Oh, I'm in love with Rick and Morty. I've owned TNA. I've owned Alice Cooper. I've not owned Jetsons. I've not owned Domino's
5: uh, Halloween and Ultraman. Yeah, there you yeah.
0: go. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, I do have a Halloween, uh, CE on order. So I'll be All having right. that as yeah. well. Thank you. Absolutely. No, thank you. I'm ecstatic. We'll talk about that here coming up, but I'm ecstatic for a company to finally reveal and produce a truly whore based pinball machine. I'm not, I'm not like this die hard, uh, horror. It's, this this actually is a good reflection uh, upon the choice of Halloween. But like you can go through the films. I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen all of the Halloween films. I don't know all of the obscure horror films that you guys discuss on the movie podcast or or formerly on the pinball podcast. I, I don't know any of that stuff. But damned if I don't love film in general. Cinematography, sound, lighting setups. I, I'm a nut for that. And Halloween does that. It it holds up. Not only based on the time it was it was done, but it holds up till today. It's one of the most terrifying, just simplistic, frightening films ever. And I was just so happy to finally hear that somebody's going to take a stab at it. It's a stab, you see the stab because it was a play. Oh, fuck me. All right, so Luke, more about more about you, spooky Lukey. All right, if you were if you were like the closest to a famous Luke that we all know, who would it be? Would it be? A Luke Skywalker from the the space movie things, or Luke Perry from 90210, or it was it, I think he was on 90210, or Luke Wilson, the uh the lesser preferred Wilson brother from old school cool hand luke maybe or do you think uh, you're more famous to just a fucking squirrel named luke (laughs)
3: Uh, so i got bad news Uh i haven't seen any of those movies oh wow none no (laughs) not even star wars
0: not even Star Wars. i'm I'm in a little
3: different boat than these guys when it comes to the movies i I didn't grow up in the the film film world or anything I, i have some different tastes in movies what, what, is, what is your
0: taste, then? You've never seen Old School?
3: Ah, uh, no. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place. He loves Step Brothers, though. That oh, is a good movie. That God. is a very good movie.
0: <laughs> Scrotum on the drums. Yeah, that is a fantastic <laughs> film.
3: Who's the one guy you would sleep with? John, John Samos. Samos.
0: What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Okay. Yep. So, uh, so what's your favorite movie?
3: Uh, I, I don't know about favorite. I, I like a lot of different movies, uh, maybe like Wolf of Wall Street or 300 oh. or, but, Armageddon. but I also like, yeah, Armageddon is probably my favorite, hey, favorite movie. Uh,
0: dude, if you're being serious right now, we're meshing cause I'm with you.
3: I, I absolutely love Armageddon. I have one movie poster that Chuck got me. It's the only <laughs> movie poster I have and it, it's Armageddon. I've wow. seen that movie at least a hundred times.
0: My best friend, uh, Greg bone out of shout out to Greg bone straight down the middle of Louisville. I always make fun of him. I go over to his house and he has uh, cinema posters all displayed, really nice. And he has a freaking Armageddon. I'm always like, dude, what? Yeah. You've got, you've got all these classic films like Jaws and Star, and then Armageddon. Like, what is that? But he's a big fan <laughs> oh, as man, well. I, I
3: love that movie.
0: Okay, so what's your favorite color? Oh, oh my
3: god, <laughs> green. <laughs> green.
0: Okay, we'll go the green. Color
3: of his eyes. Oh yeah! See, all the clues are coming together, aren't see? they?
0: <laughs> I like, uh, like the squirrels taste here. Okay, what other hobbies do you have besides banging on metal shit?
3: Work, work is my priority hobby. Wow! Um, Let it out. I, I like building stuff, but talk I come on, Magic the Gathering. What do you got? The, the, <laughs> no, the the deer hunting culture. <laughs> I, I'm I'm big into the bow hunting.
0: Hell yeah. Um, Bow hunting. For
3: fun, this guy literally <clears throat> just makes his own food plots and agriculture on the weekends.
1: <laughs> his, cool. his fun
5: hobbies are harder work than most people's job hobbies.
1: <laughs> so I've you, learned
4: more how to here here in the last few years than any human being should know just by being near Luke.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I don't know if I would call myself a hunter at this point. I spend... More time planting food for the deer and improving their habitat on my land than anything else, so Lukey. I'm one of those guys now. That's so precious. <laughs> yeah, it's cute, isn't it?
0: Wow, I thought your favorite <laughs> color would be orange, but it doesn't sound like you like killing them.
3: No, I I actually haven't. When's the last time I killed a deer? It's been it's like, been a while, a while while. Yeah. I, I spent a lot of time looking at them, but uh, the the murder instinct is leaving my body. I think I'm getting <laughs> soft.
0: You're settling down, man. That's what happens to all of us, poppas It's fine. Now, do you, are you a weirdo that like, sprinkles deer piss on you and stuff like that?
3: No, I, I'm not big into the covering myself in deer. I actually don't like to be peed on at all. That's- <laughs> well, it's good to know. Boats <laughs> and How
1: about that
0: for a, uh, an exclusive that's here a on the pinball show?
3: That's general for me,
0: not just Okay, oh, do you, what animal besides a deer, then, would make the best pet? These are important uh, questions, dude.
3: Uh, well, I have, a, I have a coon hound. So I always thought oh, it'd be cool okay. to have a, a fox because then I could have the fox and the hound. Oh wow! <laughs> wow,
0: you are a softie. I love it.
3: He looks mean, but it's really a Disney movie on the inside.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking <laughs> of, talk about great That's... themes, Charlie. Ooh, some some Disney license. Love them.
3: Yeah, Chuck Chuck tells me I'm mean almost every day. Like if I get if I don't get through a day without you being are. called mean, though. Then...
0: Hey, I've seen it. I've seen a picture when I lift up on the lockdown bar. I see a picture of you all muscled out right there on the lockdown bar mechanism. Yeah, that,
3: that's starting to move down to my belly, actually. <laughs> how, how so? How so? <laughs> it's uh, the, the biceps are getting smaller, but my, my gut's starting to protrude a little bit. The good food's getting to me a little bit.
0: Yeah, I've heard every Bentonian drinks way too much cheap beer. Is that true?
3: <laughs> no, I'm not a beer guy either. Just my neighbor, apparently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. And last question, Luke. It's a make or break here. You do like Armageddon. I want to know, why is Leonardo DiCaprio such a damn great actor?
3: He he is a good actor. Mm-hmm. He is a good actor. I think it's he deserved his an Oscar earlier. I don't care what people say. He's a good actor.
0: Yeah, I, I agree Speaking with you.
3: Speaking of that, I did, I did really like The Revenant, too. That was a good movie for was nobody good, talking.
0: But that was a, that was a, we're going to give him one because he's due.
3: Yeah, 100%.
0: Titanic fans in, in the crowd there? You guys like Titanic? No.
5: That's like the one DiCaprio movie I've stayed away from, actually. <gasps>
0: Bug, Chuck, why?
5: I, I, I think we should do a Titanic. I'm game. more into yes. like his like, The Departed and Wolf of Wall Street type movies.
4: <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, to me, is the uh, that's the quintessential Tarantino film. Mm, uh, without DiCaprio and Pitt, it would have
0: sucked. Oh, man, there's so many great one-liners, so many great moments there. Like when he's sitting on the chair and he's acting with that little girl. Oh, fantastic. Yep and my favorite oh. leo dicaprio moment is on Django. not not a huge fan of the film but Django. uh whenever he he rips his hand up hitting down that glass and it's all oh, yeah that's all for real like it's not that's not a, a set piece or anything he for real starts bleeding everywhere and he continues yeah. to roll oh so good
5: yeah he, he was definitely committed to the villain role it was really good
0: love you leo and before we get into all things spooky pinball, I want to give you listeners an opportunity to win something. You guys like winning shit? That's where you guys say, "Yeah, I like." Oh, to- oh. Right, right, see, I- look at that.
4: Give us that again. We'll <laughs>
0: no, actually, I think we're going to keep that. That's perfect. Uh, so I'm.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. That might pan out better, honestly.
0: I want to give away, uh, courtesy of Flipping Out Pinball, we're going to give you guys a chance to win some cool, spooky merchandise. (gasps) Like maybe, you guys got some cool swag over there. Maybe a t-shirt. What about that? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you listeners the opportunity at three prizes. So we're going to give away three prizes. Uh, Courtesy of Flipping Out Pinball, we are going to do some spooky mystery swag boxes. How about that? Ooh, let's do it. Absolutely. All you guys have to do is super simple. Why not? You can support Spooky Pinball. You can support the show. All you've got to do is go onto Facebook and share the link to this interview. Simple. That's it. You share the link to this interview, and you also have to say what you're most looking forward to on the upcoming Halloween or Ultraman games. you got to put that in there. What is the feature that you cannot wait to see or get your hands on the most? Share this link to this episode, and you will be randomly drawn. We'll randomly draw out three people to win these prize packs how about that and you know what i'm not a tight ass i will ship them overseas if i need to how about it nicole is going to kill me sorry Han. so we're going to do that uh with the help of spooky pinball but for now let's get into why you guys are listening All right, guys, let's jump into the news here. This past week, Spooky Pinball, the not-so-little pinball manufacturer out of Benton, Wisconsin, dominated the front page news. Listeners, you must have heard about it by now. 1,250 Halloween and 500 Ultraman pinball machines sell out in hours. (coughs) Take that, Rick and Morty. Guys, I've got to know. I think I know what the answer is. Did you expect this type of response?
5: You know, leading up to it, we, there was a lot of back and forth of we think that this is going to be a slow seller, or we think we will get a thousand in the first day, but that last seven fifty is going to take a few months. But there was a a big switch. I don't know if it was just on pin side, but like three days before announcement, we started realizing that this was going to go a completely different way than what we thought it would. Mm. So, but we didn't want to be like too cocky going into it either, like, ugh our design's awesome, our first layout, it's going to sell out for sure. We
4: yeah.
5: <laughs> we, we didn't want to get like, be too cocky about it, but uh, there was definitely a switch online that we noticed that it, it was going to go a different way than we thought.
4: Well, and those fan club memberships just kept climbing and climbing, yeah. r- leading right up to sales launch time, and, and the hype just kept building, and and, uh, yeah, it was a bit unexpected. You know, We thought maybe we'd have to work this game a bit and take it to shows, which we're still going to do for fun.
1: Sure.
4: Uh, and kind of get it out there and actually sell it again, which we were perfectly yeah. fine with doing, and uh, it turned out not to be the case.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. we thought we were actually going to have to get it in people's hands and see, you know, it shoots really yep. well. It it plays totally differently than what you'd expect just looking at it. Um, it it's just – and we are trying to throw as much – unique stuff as we could in there so we didn't know how well it would go over so it's just tons of speculation um we actually set the limit higher than what we thought would sell just to kind of see where everything was at we didn't know if we were way over limiting or but we also didn't want to get in the situation with rick and morty where some people felt like they didn't get one and they really wanted one and they felt Mm -hmm. ripped off, you know?
0: Yeah. I was going to ask that. How did you guys go about knowing 1750 this time around?
3: (laughs) We we didn't. We just, we debated that so many
4: times. It was ridiculous. Okay. And it it, it really came down to spooky Luke and, you know, being the production manager, how many do you think we can build in 18 months? And that kind of decided
1: it
0: really. When do you guys worry about, I know that right now in the news, obtaining parts? Uh, There's a lot of parts delays in manufacturing, not just pinball, but in manufacturing in general. Do you guys worry about that at all?
3: So we've been kind of preparing for that for probably six, eight months now. And we do have a lot of stuff that's trickling in slower than it used to. But Mm -hmm. we were able to use a lot of the Rick and Morty capital to be able to buy, you know, a, a thousand computers at once and stuff Makes like sense, that. Yeah. So that we could actually get the parts we needed on time. We wouldn't be running into parts shortages and stuff like that. So when we when we do get stuff in, um as we get stuff in, it's gonna be much, much larger quantities than what we've done previously. So that's that more efficient.
0: Yeah, it helps with cost and bomb too.
3: Exactly. Which helped us on this game be able to give people so much physical content. That was a big part of it while we were going because I I always did the bill of materials for all the games. So with doing that, I knew a lot of the stuff that we could get at an acceptable cost. And I knew a lot of the places where we were getting burned on bill of materials and spending too much money and not getting a lot of content for it. So a lot of the whole strategy of this game design and everything else was just how much stuff can we get in here but try to keep the bill of materials reasonable so that we can get people a in eighty nine ninety five 95 collector's edition you know what i mean
0: yeah it's insane it's uh it makes me think what five years ago chuck that you were driving down to Pinball Life, picking up batches of 50 at a time to make 50 games at a time of parts?
3: It wasn't even that Yeah, much. no, it, it, was, it was five wow. at
4: one
1: point.
0: <laughs> <Wow>.
4: <laughs> like, that's all we could afford. So we'd run down and we'd pick up five games worth and then, then it went to 10 and then 15. And it's just kind of, again, that slow, steady progression of growth that Spooky has kind of been known for at this point. And uh, yeah, this is just another extension of that. This is that's the the younger generation of spooky, kind of taking over that production floor and saying, "Hey, we can we can handle this. We mm-hmm. want to we want to do more." And and yeah, it's I give them all the credit, man. It's just been amazing to watch.
3: Yeah, I mean, for a while during AMH, we were building like two a week, and I was building two a week by myself for a while. For a while, I was our only employee, mm-hmm. um, and there's just a <laughs> stack of parts on the floor, and we we're just. <laughs> Chuck's mom would come in and help us out, and um, had another part-time guy from town. She'd bring us cookies too. Yeah, she brought a that lot of cookies. Really um, that but- was the downfall of Luke's physique. <laughs> yeah.
5: <I
0: don't> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's part of why so many people feel like they're a part of the part of the spooky family. You get so much support from that because you guys are transparent. You're real. You're straight up with people, and they feel like they're part of that family. Especially like the the whole small town thing. Um, I can appreciate that growing up with just miles of cornfields or bean fields around me oftentimes, my family being in the agriculture business. So I get that. I love that. Thinking about the pinball market right now, it's on fire. There's a lot of industries, especially collectible industries, that are on fire right now. That had to have helped as well in you guys announcing and selling out thousands of games in hours.
3: I would have to assume that combined with just the price point Uh, compared to what used games are going for right now. We really didn't know how much that would affect us. We knew that, uh, obviously, sales were really good in the industry and everything, but we we didn't know how that would directly affect
0: us. Mm -hmm. And the launch itself was a little bit of a hybrid between what we've seen from spooky pinball in the past. We got those picture teases that us enthusiasts slash nerds just die for. Uh, we get the under the play field and then we're all dissecting it. And Ooh, I I've spent way too much time embarrassingly trying to dissect what you guys were doing on top of the play field. Then you get a, (laughs) you know, you get your little sneak peeks of an art piece here or there. We love that. Then you guys have these candid videos from Charlie and bug talking about the release and how it's going to work and, Uh, numbers pricing features etc you had a sizzle reel uh, for both of both ultraman and halloween that were very well done are you guys happy with the launch thus far of halloween and ultraman
4: kind of hard to find something to be unhappy about yeah um you know other things that we could have done better absolutely but you know it's uh sometimes those things are a little bit out of our control when you're dealing with uh uh, you know outside components and everything but we did the best we could and uh the response was absolutely incredible yeah i mean well i'm sure we're going to improve all that stuff going forward obviously we had a little bit of trouble with the web store that day we know we need to fix some of those things and and it literally just tripped off every trigger warning that the web store company had like if there can't possibly be <laughs> this many people coming in at once they can't be spending this much money at once just everything was setting off alarms and squirrel was so busy on the phone just like no oh, no yes. this is real this is happening and 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 having to up those numbers and we had to do it a few times just to get it to the point where the website would flow correctly so you know clearly we would like to see that improve mm-hmm. going forward but um all, all in all i And again, Luke will tell you, we debated this stuff so much for so long about numbers and when and how, and, and, uh, it's always a bit of the seat of the pants kind of feeling when you get to those moments, but, um, it, it sure worked out.
0: Yeah. We'll take it. It's hard to argue with the results that you guys have seen thus far. And listeners, you guys know that I am, I I don't do interviews. I, I, this is, I did it in, like I said, in a past life as a psychologist, I did interviews every day. That's all I did. I'm not the most comfortable with this. So you may hear me ask questions that are faux pas. I don't know. This next one, I'm prefacing it, might be one of those. But you know what? Like you guys, I'm transparent, I'm blunt. And if people are wanting to know, I'm going to ask you guys regardless. So no gameplay videos, no streams before purchasing. A lot of enthusiasts out there have some mixed emotion tied to that or some frustration. Here I am putting down a non-refundable deposit on a game, but I don't really get to see how it's played. Was there a reason for this? And, or do you guys expect to have some of those gameplay videos or streams in the future?
3: I would say that's actually a multi-part answer. Um, There's a lot of hoops that we have to jump through. And I learned that this time because I wasn't really involved in that part before, but there's a lot of hoops and a lot of permissions we have to jump through to show anything. I mean, uh the other day you know people were asking about uh music and if you can just show that and that's not something i can just grab a you know i found i can't just grab a clip of the music and just dump that on pinside i'm (laughs) not allowed to do that you know what i mean Uh, i guess there's a lot of limitations and there's a lot of times it's just not our decision also with that you just you would hate to see people just form a, a negative opinion early on or something like that or try to just pick out one little tiny thing and just you know, make that really, really big. Um, yeah. I, I like to see people just actually play it in person and start to get a feel for what the game really is. I think that's the best way.
4: Yeah. Well, okay. in truth be too, at this point in launch time, uh, the code is deep, but you know, there's still things in there that, that Bug and I and Luke and Fosma and everybody associated with it, we want to get better. So we want that best foot forward. Every single time you see the game being played. And we're not concerned at all about the way this game shoots. Like, it shoots like butter. It's beautiful. It's smooth. Flow like the Mississippi
0: River, I heard.
4: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, and it's first impressions mean a lot. So when you're going to see and play this thing, we want the absolute best code in front of you. We want the game just doing everything it's capable of. And, uh, there's some, there's still a little bit of polish that needs to be done. And we know that, and it's, it's, it'll be out there soon.
0: I've never seen a game released from any manufacturer that didn't have a little bit of polish or, uh, some finished up work that needed to be done. So I'm with you there. So when are we going to see this game being played?
3: um soon soon. (laughs) Uh, soon. that's better than two weeks i I guess try to get them some type of gameplay in the next few days a a few days ago so we're looking at how to do that we we might actually wait until uh our programmer comes back on monday we might have him look at it a little bit and then we might try to do some over the shoulder with corwin or something like that just to get people an idea of it
5: my number one priority going into the office this week is fixing the bugs that i'm aware are there so that we can hopefully get a video put together for everybody very soon
0: awesome
4: yeah i was in the office this morning playing uh playing ultraman with some friends from from minnesota that were in town for the weekend and just having a blast with it but yeah you know tomorrow morning there'll be notes bug will have them i've got them luke's got them and uh we start hammering out that little stuff so again it's always about first impressions and sometimes Mm -hmm. when Pinball people don't quite, you know, for an industry that it's constantly about, you know, change, that code is constantly changing. And we've seen it on games like Walking Dead comes to mind where (laughs) it first comes out and people are like, oh, I don't know about this. And then it winds up being great. Well, we want you to see it at at, at its best possible light. So Mm -hmm. it's coming very soon.
0: And I love hearing that because I'm a big production guy. Uh live streams scare the hell out of me, even though I've been associated with some of them. Um, you know, we've seen the Rick and Morty stream in Madison Dead Flip. You guys did a fantastic job with that stream, but it's gotta be a little bit scary because those first impressions, you're right, first impressions stick with somebody. So just hearing you guys uh focusing on that means the world to me as a as a purchaser of this because I don't want people getting hung up on stuff on a prototype machine that you know is going right. going to change right. anyway.
3: Yeah, I mean that was the first thing that got brought up was, you know, everyone was like how will the code be on this? How will the rules be on this? And everyone sure. was You know, well, well, what about this? What about that? I mean, we've already talked to... Bowen will still be on with the rules. I mean, him and Corwin have been on uh, Skype together a few times. He's going to come up. He's going to play it. You know, we're going to do all that stuff. Eric is still in the Slack chat every day. He'll still be talking to Corwin about the rules and everything like that. So it's not like... We're, we're a team with all that stuff. It's not like it's just one person programming it. I mean, you got five people playing this thing yeah. and looking at it and making suggestions. and
0: That's all we can ask for. That's awesome. So, Charlie, I heard you and Bug talking on a video about the development and the production schedule behind Halloween and Ultraman. You talked about you know 50 games going first to, you said, special people uh, with distributors, getting them out there on location or getting them out there so that a mass number of people can experience them. Then you're going to alternate between Spooky 50 Direct first, then uh, Distro 50. So the question is, when do you guys anticipate seeing those first 50 games leave the factory?
4: I know parts. The first <laughs> batch of parts for the first uh, first run of games uh, were picked up on Friday, so it's it, the the rest is on these guys. Now they've yeah. got to clear the line and get get set up for it. And uh, you guys talk so about this.
3: So basically, what it comes down to is we'll take our time on the first ones. I, I don't like to the same thing as Rick and Morty. The first like ten Rick and Mortys were on the line for three weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just. I, I do not like rushing the first ones out the door. Um, Like you said, the parts are in. So all the cabinets for the first 30 games will be getting put together this week. They'll sit on the line. We will, as we build them, anything we encounter, we'll go through, we'll change. We'll just fine tune it. We'll play them for a while. We'll make sure they're good. I wouldn't be surprised if the first games sit on the line for a few weeks.
0: Thank you. That's good. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm very glad that that's going to be the case.
3: We've
4: got all this momentum going forward right now and and it it does come down to like streaming and code and, and the first batch of games and all that stuff. We don't want to lose that we've kind of maybe rushed things a bit in the past and we don't want to be that way man we're trying to improve the quality on every single thing we do so when those that first batch of games gets out there we want you to go to those ar- arcades and barcades and people's you know people's homes wherever they are and just play them and enjoy them and not have to worry about do i need to adjust this do i need to tweak this we want them perfect
0: oh that's great to hear. I'm setting up my own home flipping out studio here, a production filming studio and Halloween, whenever I receive it will be one of the first that I get to do something special, a special series I'm starting on just showcasing the ins and outs of pinball titles, uh, both current and in the past. So really excited about that. So how'd you guys decide, are you making Halloween's at the same time as Ultraman's? Or are you, it sounded like you're making them all together. Together, but doesn't that get confusing so
3: they're the same physical parts sure. i mean there's cosmetic changes obviously so what i'm going to do is you know for every two halloweens we put on the line we'll put one ultraman there okay and we're just going to try to build them in the in a fair even way you know with the limit being 2.5 times as high on halloween we'll build mm-hmm. them with that balance in mind
0: okay so they're going to be mixed in there so uh, would it be safe to say of the first you know 50 games that leave we're going to see some ultramans in there
3: Oh, absolutely. Definitely.
4: Yep.
0: Yeah. We're very counting cool. this as 1,750 games. Oh, very good. So you're seeing it as, as that. Okay. A lot of times I, I know you guys had some internal code names uh, for previous games. Like we had a Haunted House Party for uh, for Scott Denisi's game. Did you guys have any internal code names for Halloween and Ultraman?
5: We did. We did uh, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Are you? For, for real?
0: That's great.
5: Like the Great Pumpkin, yeah. Uh, We didn't really have one for Ultraman, did we?
4: No, we didn't. We figured if that leaked, nobody would believe
1: us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Even though you are posted up social media, what, like a year ago in Tokyo with Ultraman, Charlie, and nobody.
4: I was leaking that hard that entire trip. Like, I thought, you know, we're in Japan, we're taking all these photos, we're having just the the trip of a lifetime, especially for <laughs> Bug and myself, and was so thrilled to be over there, but I was like, we're not holding back, we're just going to put all this stuff out, because we knew there was going to be, you know, all kinds of tokusatsu stuff we were going to be running into, and kaiju films, and stuff that we just love, and uh, yeah, so we, we weren't shy about it at all, And and I'm kind of surprised... After the fact, when we announced that it was in fact Ultraman, people started going back through it, and they're like, "Oh my God, all the warning signs were there!" Yeah, <laughs> like everybody gets, you know, we had a we had a game wrapped up in a Scooby Doo blanket years ago, and people were like, "They're doing Scooby next," and that kind of keeps, going forever. but this one they just missed. It, like it went over everybody's head. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I mean, and rightfully so. Ultraman is not the most prevalent, and that's why you went with the five hundred. I think ultimately. The Ultraman probably is going to yield a really high secondary price uh, on the market, if if I'm guessing, because of the rarity there. And it it introduced me to Ultraman. I had no clue what in the hell Ultraman was prior to this. So uh, so you're, you're spreading the Ultraman love to the entire world, Charlie. Nicely done.
4: I think that was a big part of our wanting to. I'm so happy that people accepted it for what it is. And we kind of had that effect on Rick and Morty with some pinball guys where they, I'm not familiar. Why are they doing this cartoon based show, Uh, you know, and making a game on that. And they kind of started looking into it. And Ultraman is, it's near and dear to me and bug obviously. And it was a passion project for us. It's something I grew up with and never, really got away from and then he did too so it's it's really cool to see how people embraced Ultraman and you know yesterday was Ultraman day so it it keeps growing between Marvel and and uh, Netflix and everything that uh, Tsuburaya is doing Mm -hmm. here stateside now we're just happy to be a part of it
0: yeah and it's a testament to how well pinball machines can really promote the, the IP because I'm being totally honest fellas when Rick and Morty came out I had not seen one episode, not one.
1: Same, not one. So I go back,
0: <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Sasquatch sauce. I've I've heard of this shit. Like, okay, some people say I'll like it. So I go back because I I ordered one because I'm I gotta order everything. So I go back and I start watching this series, and I shit you not, this is now because of Spooky Pinball, Rick and Morty is my favorite adult based animated series, if not maybe not even animated series it's one of my favorite shows of all time and i've seen all of the seasons at least three to four times already i, I cannot get enough rick and
1: morty
0: <laughs> i love 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 rick and morty
4: glad we helped you out there actually it started with aj in the shop aj was completely addicted he passed it to bug and then okay. on a road i could hear bug watching rick and morty in the back seat and i was laughing my head off and wishing i could see it and then when i got home uh, he's like, you got to watch it, Dad. So I threw it in, and uh, and that first season, I was hooked.
0: Oh, it's one of the smartest series ever made. It's so brilliant. Well, let's dive into Halloween a little bit here. I've been I watched the uh, the original '78 film last night. My wife didn't really give two She was like, I don't want to watch that. So I watched it solo and it holds up. Now, the film follows the 1978 Halloween film. This is coming from, we have a resident horror extraordinaire, Joshua Jacobs, uh, did Silver Bowl stories, and he's really big into this. He's got one ordered as well, his Halloween CE. But he wanted to ask this. He said, the story of Michael Myers actually continues into Halloween Two in 1981. Despite the reluctance of John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, who wrote the sequel but never intended the story of Michael Myers to continue beyond the first film, Halloween Two is considered canon and completes the original story. Was there any consideration during the initial concepts of The Pin to try and acquire the rights for both films?
5: There was a lot of motivation of what I wanted from that second film. I, I did want things from the second film in the game and I was really hoping that we could make that a part of it mm-hmm. but uh, just with how licensing is and who owns the rights to which movies it's really hard to ever get two different properties from two different licensors Absolutely. so it just wasn't quite possible for that game sadly but originally yeah I, I did want to pull certain things from the second film because uh in H78 there's uh, the asylum playfield. I was hoping we could make that the hospital from the second movie because I just okay. thought that made a lot of sense. But but uh, uh unfortunately that's just not how things always work with licensing, but it's okay.
4: I was completely content with you know focusing on the the original classic film. But yeah, I understand how if I had a nickel for every person who said we need to throw some silver shamrock stuff in right. Right. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> part three, happy, which happy everybody
4: hated me. forever. <laughs> but now it's apparently loved and iconic and And uh, yeah, I love part three too, but you know, you focus on what you have to work with in front of you and, and we're thrilled with the license and, and we were lucky to get as much content and everything as we did. And, uh, that's,
3: that's where we're at.
0: I think the the correct decision was just sticking with that iconic Halloween film. I don't, I don't know for what it's worth. I'm a nobody, but I, I don't think there was any need to venture outside of that classic there so you guys spoke recently on the super awesome pinball show which i will uh, heavily recommend everybody go listen to christian line and and christopher franchi they did an awesome show with bug and charlie here so go listen to that but you spoke on there about your decision to adopt a three-tier model approach to these releases it to me it seems a bit more efficient to do that as both a hobbyist and a dealer But given the patterns of consumer purchasing, you guys had this a la carte thing in the past that seemed like a nightmare to me. But ultimately, why and when was that decision made to go to a three-tiered model?
4: Because it seemed like a nightmare to us and our distributors, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
3: We were, we were actually really nervous about doing that. We didn't want people to get upset that we were doing that that higher-end model. Uh, we didn't know if they'd get mad at us for the price or anything like that. We're always nervous about making changes like that. We're just trying to streamline everything and makes it a lot simpler for taking orders and all that stuff. So It also had
5: to do it. with the numbers, because once we realized we were going to do 1,000-plus games... It, it was hard. It was really hard keeping up with a la cart and Rick and Morty, which was 7.50. Oh, and we bet. knew if we were going past 7.50, then it was, uh, was going to be real hard.
0: Oh, uh, friends. Pause for a second, Zach. Mom's on. <laughs>
4: Furry friends. You know, my intent was always don't change the play experience for anybody. And, uh, you know, Luke had to kind of twist my arm a little bit to talk me into it. And And at the end of the day, it was a really good decision, and I'm glad we did it. And I think we made a lot of people happy. It was definitely the most popular model.
0: Mm -hmm. I can just picture you guys like fighting and yelling in the factory. Be like, damn it, Luke, target decals. No target decals on this one. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Shit. you
3: have no idea it's man so <laughs> <laughs> those
4: narrow targets th- those
3: stickers are hard to get lined
4: up
0: straight yeah and you're like it, well shit, it's a lot on. of work
3: people don't realize the finishing touches that go in i mean just the amount of time uh they spend after the game is totally playtested and done just installing interior graphics and adding all those target decals and making oh. sure the game is cleaned up and is buffed and nice and shiny as it can be it that's a whole part of the the system in itself
0: yeah, and then you realize you put all the damn plastics on. And you're like, shit, those plastic protectors. Damn it! Pull it all off, yep. Luke. It happens all the time, all <laughs> oh. the time. All right, guys. Three tiers makes sense. A lot of people are doing it. Can you ever envision an even more exclusive model? This is the silly pimp your car thing here for me. Do you ever see a limited model to like a hundred or less, and they sell for like twenty to fifty thousand dollars?
3: Oh, dear mother. Uh, <laughs> why not?
0: Sky's the limit, Chuck.
3: Uh, I I mean I don't see it as necessary. Oh, I, would I would guess rather, it could happen. I would <laughs> rather make a, a bunch of people, at least five hundred people, happy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> than a hundred. I I like to shy away from that stuff. No, I'm talking about in addition too.
3: Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, so we had this conversation about the the collectors, right? When I originally said, you know, hey, man. People love being able to get their collector's editions, and I was watching on the forums, and people were, they really liked them. They really enjoyed that they had the option to do
0: that. Hell yeah.
3: And uh, I I pitched it to him, and he told me absolutely not, basically, Um, (laughs) (laughs) the first time, you know, and a lot of these conversations go on for months. We go back and forth, and we we settle on something. But I mean, I wouldn't say never's not gonna happen. But it, sure. the problem would be if you priority. start doing
5: another model like that. Say it's like fifteen thousand super LE. There's only a hundred of them. Well, then somebody's gonna want the twenty thousand dollar version, and there's only fifty of them. And then someone's gonna want a twenty five of them version. Like it'll keep going forever and that ever. That
0: sounds great. <laughs> have, yeah, have you guys mean, seen guess, what the price of toppers are selling for i mean yeah, there's a yeah. market not
4: here, not here.
0: <laughs> There's a, uh, yeah you know don't have to worry about that there
4: we enjoy making as many people happy as we can like i said and and um you know some of that to me gets a little bit crazy and more power to everybody that's doing what they're doing but The spooky model is you know like luke said this was even for us to do a ce at all was we felt a little nervous about it and in hindsight i'm extremely glad that luke talked me into doing what we did i think it came out great and again we're not changing the play experience for any model so no matter which game you can afford to take home we want you to have all the fun that everybody else is having Mm -hmm. and uh as long as we're in that wheelhouse then i guess i've eased up on it a bit but um yeah, I mean, it, it, it's important to me that nobody feels like they've got less of a game in their hands yeah. to me. It's cosmetic stuff, that's one thing. If it's physical stuff, then I'm not so sure about it.
0: And I think you guys nailed that, especially with the different options um, that are available. You guys can go to uh, Spooky Social Media to see the differing options between your standard your bloodsuckers or your collector's edition I got to say, CE is kind of where it's at. It's safe to say that the majority of orders that you've received are going to be CEs. For
3: sure. Absolutely.
4: Definitely our most popular model.
0: Okay. Is there a breakdown of what we're looking at there? We
3: actually don't have it yet. Um, distributors are still consolidating all of their orders. You know, they okay. they go through, they double, triple check everything. Um, Morgan's still going through and double checking all of our orders and everything. Um, and then basically they will compile all of it into a nice ordered list all together, all organized. And it just takes a lot of communication, a lot of time. But once all the figures are there, they'll be there. But definitely preliminary estimations are, are vast majority.
0: Well, very cool. See that uh, that shows the market right now and uh, what they want in these games. They want knockers. They want target decals. Thank you, whoever's idea it was to do the the colored plastic protectors. I don't know whose idea that was. That uh,
3: that was Charlie there.
0: Oh, the entire play field, Chuck. Thank you. It's they're very they're very
4: very pretty. And uh, how about that? Uh, come on now, we have a topper stabbing your game.
0: Mm. It literally <laughs>
4: stabs your game.
0: Oh, we'll get into the topper. Right, we we'll get into the topper. <laughs> i'm all about that topper and there's so many reasons why uh let's talk about the design a design by committee not really common in the pinball industry i say that with a caveat because behind the scenes i know i know a lot uh, of what goes on behind the scenes with these different manufacturers and believe it or not there's never one lead on on these designs of uh, of your favorite pinball machines but this is very much touted as a design by committee kind of thing now how did that team make sure that it didn't end up being too many cooks in the kitchen? What I'm really want to know, guys, for the listeners, is any juicy fights break out or butting of heads? Uh, I'm just I'm just proud of Horace Barloff.
4: He's a great engineer, designer guy. Basically,
5: great. we all spend such a disturbing, disgusting, and gross amount of time with each other that we, we've gotten really good at all coming to an agreement on things
0: okay when well, we know aj and luke started the design bug kind of had to finish the whole high school thing and then you said on, <laughs> you said on the super awesome pinball shoes. show that you then started you guys kind of started with the idea of like a john wick pinball machine like oh that's a badass thing let's do that
3: pretty much i yeah. mean we actually started that in the basement of my house at the time that corwin has now bought for me and is his house now um <laughs> but uh yeah we started in the basement and we we started with the intent of john wick but we mm-hmm. didn't really know what would get put on it a big thing for me was just i i wanted to see a lot of people who are working on the game all get you know credit and built up the way they should be um i, I just don't like the image of one celebrity or one person because there's it there's so much input from everyone and multiple people engineering and building things and multiple good ideas i mean it's a team like me and AJ started with the three play fields, but you know, then Chuck walks by at the last minute and has a cool idea, like adding the the Michael Myers behind the hedges on the left habitat. You know, oh. a- and it's hard to imagine now, in hindsight, that not being in the game. Hmm. There's just so many cool features that can come from everyone's mind. Stacked it, it and loaded works out yeah. the best. Stacked and loaded. What? Where the hell does that come
0: from? I'm gonna be frank here. Like, what the hell is that? Stacked and loaded.
5: It's a super. Dark secret that we can't share with anyone, yeah.
4: oh. <laughs> or it means absolutely nothing. More
0: One of the two. Okay. <laughs> just that
4: there's a lot of stuff in the game. I know
0: because you you guys were teasing about that, and I was. I was the guy that was like, "Okay, stacked and loaded, stacked and loaded." Where? Can you... <laughs> yeah.
4: You know, honestly, I just watched Tango and Cash, and for whatever reason, the two <laughs> just kind of related to each other. That's awesome. So I rolled with it, but I mean, honestly, Zach, I mean these these guys. <laughs> That game is, it's more than 95% not Charlie. I mean, I've got two, three little things in the game that I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that they decided was good enough to put on their design. But they kept this thing hidden from me for like six months. Like they were just building it on their own time. That's so cool. Trying to see if, uh, you know, if they came up with something decent, could they show it to me and would it be accepted? And when I saw it the first time, we already had Ultraman in, locked up and i was Mm -hmm. like my god this is going to be the perfect layout for that game and uh you know we we didn't really know when it was going to hit the line how it was going to hit the line but they just impressed the daylights out of me with this thing and and then when halloween came around everything just worked it just made sense and you know the blessing of ultraman is it's it's kind of like an elvira where yes it's a license but you can have some creative freedom with it so the layout blended perfectly with the world of halloween and everything they came up with just worked but we could translate it to ultraman so well that the dual theme identity of of the game just it flowed and it worked mm-hmm. and uh, but again giving these these young men and women here at spooky pinball all the credit in the world man they blew me away i honestly believe this is the best game we've ever had and that includes my games too so wow uh when you got a a group of young people that care enough to put that much effort into something that they never even knew if it was going to see the light of day it's it's really hard to ignore how valuable that is to uh, a a young growing company like ourselves and and you know i hope when it gets out there people kind of take these guys under their wings and chorus barloff becomes Mm -hmm. right up there with like Eric and Keith and those names. And you know, the, the young rock stars that are making really unique layouts and uh, it's it's just been great.
0: No, it's, it's fantastic to hear. And I think you guys are already receiving the praise just by seeing this game and how loaded it is and how much of a world under glass it is and how much it, it really pulls in that world of, of Halloween. A very simplistic horror film. There's there's not a lot going on, and that's what we all discussed. I know my co-host Dennis greasel and I. What the hell are you gonna do with Halloween? How are you going to like? It takes place in like what two places, like two settings. Like what are you gonna do with this? And then you see the video on this thing, and you're like, oh, uh well, yeah, well, well, yeah. Of course they're gonna do that. Oh yeah, well, I didn't think of that. And it does very much pull you in. It's got to be a testament, also to the growth of a company and and the developmental and the design team of having these guys and gals get together as a team and create something like this as truly a team. That's going to pay dividends in the future, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I think that the biggest thing was is I started – Building the machines myself, obviously, and then AJ got involved. Me and AJ got pretty close right away, and everything. And he was kind of teamed up with me, and we were working together for a long time. And we just kind of meshed with everything. And then being around Corwin, I mean, I'd been hanging out with him since he was how old were you? Oh man, when we started, I was eleven, right? Yeah, Probably. <laughs> I don't know how old I am right now. <laughs> Yeah, so 19 going on 30. Like he, he yeah, was more it sounds like, <laughs> And then he got involved and he really jumped in and just killed it in Rick and Morty production and really took charge and just learned extremely fast. And the thing is with me and AJ, we don't know pinball history. I guess we don't know the the typical rules. So they we're kind of They don't kinda, know what you can't yeah. do. <laughs> so oh, we're kind of just dumb up to just throw something in there, you know hey that would be really cool but we don't we don't have any rules in our head as to what a pinball machine has to be but then with with Corwin and Chuck they have all of that knowledge that can go through refine our ideas make sure they are applicable to pinball and it just ends up with a really nice balance between things that haven't been done or maybe even shouldn't be done and things that are correct and flow correctly for pinball
4: the most common thing we run into is these guys like hey check it out Charlie, come here, take a look. We just came up with this really cool mech. And and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just like what was in Whitewater. And they're like, God dang it. Yeah, Yeah."
3: that's so so disappointing. (laughs) So many times I've had this super unique, wonderful idea that I think is just amazing. And then he's like, yeah, that's been in three games already.
4: It it, it is is amazing. That's why Steve Ritchie thought of it 30 years ago.
0: (laughs) I, I need to know myself. I have to work on these things. How in the hell do the inlane servo motors work? Like what what is going on there? Actually really simple. There's
3: just a rack in there and it's uh it's actually a partial gear. Okay. So it's not a full full 360 degree gear. It's a partial gear. So if you were to put that in and it goes up too high, the rack actually just falls out. Oh okay. And if it, if you put it in wrong and it goes too low the rack actually just falls out. Mm-hmm. So that's how we we're kind of addressing the there's no ability to bind there. You can't go too far up and hit something. You can't go too far down and hit something. So you don't get any stress. But the ball just falls in and it pushes the ball up into the in lane. But there's a spring steel flap on top of it. When we started out, when me and AJ started out with the idea, what we didn't like was the scoop shoots into the in lane because we're not as good at pinball. Mm -hmm. The scoop shoots into the in lane in a lot of games and it shoots so fast that you can't, you just flail at it. So this pushes it in there with just enough speed that it's not too slow, but you can aim every single shot. So we're finding that with a really nice, uh, consistent speed feed into both in lanes that you're able to control the shot and then also control where you're coming back to with where you're shooting to. Even if you're not a a great, great player, you can really control the game and make it do what you want it to do.
0: And it adds to the kind of the magic there, too. I always love subway systems. I know uh, my buddy Eric Menyer over at JJP, he's really into subways and where's the ball going to come out next. Do you get that in the functionality of these of these subway systems? Or are you doing some pretty cool stuff with that?
3: Yeah. So, uh, off of the well, I'll reference Halloween here. So, off of the Asylum playfield, mm-hmm. um, some people might not have noticed from the video. Some would have. It actually drains into the back of the subway that the scoop drains into. So that actually, the oh. drain off of that playfield or one of them actually feeds the right in lane. So you can theoretically shoot from your right flipper to the left hedge subway. Mm-hmm. Get a clean feed to the left flipper, hit the asylum, and then drain back to the right flipper. So you can really kind of set yourself up three, four shots ahead of where you want to be.
0: Now, is there any is there any staging in this game?
3: Uh, we've actually been talking about that. So that would be one of those funny cases where I say I kind of leave input from everyone. Sure. So we didn't originally set them up to stage, but they mm-hmm. absolutely have the optos in there. Two stage, we wouldn't be able to stage the first ball the way Rick and Morty could shoot it out and put the yeah, ball it in had there.
0: Like a separate but trough, so, yeah.
3: After yeah. your first lock, we could definitely speed that up and eject one. So that's actually something we're going to be going over with the FOSMA this week. I saw it on Pinside and we just didn't think about it because they're very shallow subways and they do travel rather fast already Okay, and get back to the flipper. So we didn't address the staging, but it's definitely a possibility in the future with code.
4: And for me with the, like the in lane lifters and stuff, the biggest thing I wanted to be sure of is we had better motors. So everything is aluminum housing. And, mm-hmm. you know, we did a lot of research and testing on that to make sure that they were absolutely perfect and on the engineering side like luke bug and aj made sure that you know that half gear and stuff again the worst that's ever going to happen is if something gets out of position the mech the, the what do you call it the rack the rack, me- the rack. rack. Yeah, yeah it literally just slides out so it's not gonna it's not gonna break anything it's not gonna burn out the motor and then we even made ben heck uh rewrite all the operating system stuff on the new Pinatar board to like if it detects any kind of a uh, a current overload it shuts it down. So we nice. want these things to be as as reliable as any other motor in any other game. And Luke even took it one step for it further because we did fight back and forth on this. Like, are we going to use a uh, 12 volt DC motor? Are we going to
1: mm-hmm.
4: are we going to use these uh, new improved servo? You know that we we are using obviously in the game. He's got it. So I mean, it's literally we can send you an entire mech at worst case and. Four screws and it's in. I mean, yeah, it's so easy to access. There's, yeah, there's nothing in the way. There's, It's just a quick in and out and you're done and back up and running. And uh, yeah, I mean, they've really gone above and beyond to over-engineer some of this
0: stuff to make sure that it's super, super reliable. I love the sound of over-engineering. Yeah, we,
3: we obviously knew with Alice Cooper with having, I mean, you had to take so much stuff out to get to your servo. So one of the f- main focuses that we had is, A, let's get the best quality motor we can get it's all aluminum case i tried to actually hold on to one and not let it move and i could i couldn't strip it out i was not strong enough to strip it out even that's a great sign
0: i know what you're talking about there that is a great sign
3: and we threw uh we basically threw four of them in they've been running for eight nine months now um we've never had a failure never an issue i mean nothing's guaranteed in pinball you know how it is but so far (laughs) all tests indicate that we're good to go the nice part is i can ship you you know if you have one go out i can send you the whole mech on a steel plate you have four five sixteenths lock nuts and they're on they're on it's on a standoff so you take the four nuts out you pull your mech, you unplug one single plug, you put a brand new wow. mech in that's already preset to the height that it needs to be. It's already got the rack in there, it's already got the gear. You don't have to do any adjusting, any presetting. You slam that thing in there, you tighten four nuts down and plug it in, you're ready to play.
4: Do less than five minutes.
3: Yeah, you take zero other parts off to get to it, either. There's absolutely nothing else you have to take off to get to it.
4: We've worked so hard that like our playing fields and cabinets and everything else are... You know, a lot of people, and I'm not going to ever brag like that, but a lot of people say that we've got the best play fields and stuff in the business, and we just want to make sure that mechanically we're just as reliable as everything else in the game. And and uh, yeah, man, we're, we've fought hard to get the quality up to where we all felt we wanted it to be too, and, and not just meet customers' expectations, but make it easier on our guys for service and everything else.
0: And I think that's why we, you guys had a lot of ears perk up, a lot of wallets open up whenever you came out and said, look, here's the things we're improving upon for this this new system we're working on. We got the pinatar, we've got the the, the connectors now. Uh, there's a lot of different things that you guys have added to to increase the reliability of these games. And a lot of people like hearing that. And it sounds like the the servo motors and the aluminum housing and all that, the easy in and out is just one part among many of the the improvements of a spooky pinball machine. Now this thing has seven was it seven motors?
3: Six. Six, Six motors, motors? yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: I love them. They're all
3: surface stuff. mount, though, like I said. So that's a big Perfect. part of it.
0: Perfect. You got three. You guys said three upper play fields.
3: There's three actually printed upper play fields, but only two of them are playable. One of them is kind of just a uh, so staging platform yeah, for mechanisms and ramps. And it's just, it was a spot where a lot of stuff was coming together and we needed a platform.
0: But, guys, are we not counting the fourth upper play field? Uh, that left ramp uh, it's not staying on the play field uh, there's a wooden platform is there not well technically just, if you count the main play
4: field we're up to five I was so. gonna say, just saying
0: i mean there's there's a, a series there when i was looking at pictures today and studying them as i do i saw that i was like holy shit that left ramp goes technically on a play field before back down through the hedge wire form so that's kind of it a
3: kind of does yeah, Yeah. so I mean, something not a lot of people have actually picked up yet, and I guess we didn't show enough of in the video, is at the top of the center ramp, which is an inverse ramp, it goes through the backboard and then throws the ball back Yeah, on it's top, hard to see know, 180 that. 180 degrees on top of it. Um, there's a diverter right there. Mm-hmm. So if the ball's diverted to the left, uh, it actually falls into this balcony that you can't see. It's a stainless steel balcony, and it drops it onto that left upper playfield that you're talking about and rolls down the hab drill ah. so the center ramp is actually a very long left in lane return but also the entrance to the house
0: see i love well, that tricky old, stuff. Well shot, but it really does work well i love and then you got the center drops that are illuminated am i correct yes yep. yes i love those damn translucent drops.
4: six drops in this game that are rgb controlled
0: yeah and we can sense which
3: drop has actually been dropped individually too so we can do roaming shots and stuff like that colored roaming shots on those Ooh. triple drops just makes it really fun don't give away all my sauce and <laughs> rules.
1: Oh, oh, oh,
0: oh. <laughs> i'm liking that and then you access uh, once those three uh, middle drops go down, can you access the upper play field through that then?
3: They are in the way of the center ramp. So yeah, you'll have to knock those down. But there, like I said, there also is that diverter at the top that decides mm-hmm. when you get up to the top of the ramp, if you go left back to the in lane or if you go to the house. So that's just all where you're at in the game. What you've accomplished if you're allowed to be up there yet or not.
4: Oh, man. Two for a, a, a dirty pool shot.
3: Yeah. If that center yeah, target is down
4: one. by itself, watch the lights and see if you can pull it off. Bug has oh, done it twice. Yeah. I've done it twice. He did it way quicker than I did, though. <laughs> <It> took, me, <laughs> it took me a lot of trial and error to figure it out, but
5: it's a wicked yeah. shot.
4: Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that um, that you guys thought of this. I always called for them. Like, I love when designers or design teams make you earn that ramp shot where they put a drop right in the middle uh, there of your shot. I love that because you're earning an additional fun feature, uh, but you're going to pay for it if you don't hit it correctly. So was there anything cut in the design phase? There had to be. Anything physical, code-wise? Anything cut that you're like, nah, just we can't do it. We can't pull it off. It's too complex or... IP isn't going to allow it or the bombs just way too high on that.
4: You know, it was kind of funny because at one point Luke was like, Charlie, get the hell away from the game. Stop adding stuff.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was, there was never anything cut. Uh, I just had to make him stop adding stuff. (laughs)
0: We got to build these things (laughs) still.
4: He was like, we can, we can make the Michael come up from behind the hedge. And I'm like, but it'd be more fun if we had three. I just <laughs> uh-huh. and you don't lose behind, and then and then he's like, and we got this great left in lane lifter, and I'm like, but well, you can put one in the right in lane too, Luke. <laughs> God dang it, that makes sense. But stop putting stuff in my game.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I mean efficiency is is key too if you're going to crank these things out. Now, if we're talking about Halloween, it's a horror based film. Myself, my best buddy Greg Bone have been screaming from the rooftops for years for a pinball manufacturer have said this to create a truly horror-based scary pinball machine. My question is, number one, is this even possible just given the whole contradicting qualities between a horror film and that of a fast-paced action pinball machine? And number two, is it even a good idea? I think it's a very good idea.
5: I wouldn't say anything is impossible in the regards of making it scary. We definitely have some tricks up our sleeves for how we're going to get people in the game. There's some things that just haven't been done before uh, as far as scares. But uh, intensity-wise, your heart should be thumping most of the time when you're playing this game just because of the atmosphere, the music, heartbeats, intensity of the rules and the Mm -hmm. gameplay. But uh, it's definitely possible to make the game somewhat scary, at least to get us a a shock out of people
4: yeah we, we definitely want to make people jump here and there and and bug and i have discussed different ways to try to make that happen in the rules and with the video screen and various other things but like he said, you know, he's he's got a mode where basically Michael is coming for you and you've got to move quickly. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I think a game can be intense and scary and, and suspenseful and, and all those things. And, you know, I, going back to older games like Scared Stiff, when you're getting up to seven, eight, nine shots and you're trying to hit that 10th, if your heart's not racing, you know, it's, you're not doing it right. Or you're not breathing.
0: That's true. And that uh, true.
4: bugs trying to bugs, trying to incorporate some of those kind of moments and elements into the game as well to really get you feeling it.
0: I love that too, because yeah, that was always our thought was, and code can, you still have time for code, but man, being able in a dark basement by yourself, getting far enough along in the game that there be at least a moment that you're actually kind of scared to finish the damn thing because you're scared. Like you're just genuinely frightened. You don't want like whether the machine is popping off or, and that's a good, another question. Are we going to see code wise bug? Are we going to see the knocker be utilized more than just your free game. Or bonus? <laughs> you weren't
5: supposed to think of that.
0: <laughs> okay, all, right, all right, well That's that's all we'll say then. But I'm like, damn, such a cool coil. Make it, why not make it work? Okay.
5: I wanted to pull, like, four knockers in the game in different places, like in the bottom of the cabinet and the top of the head, just to catch you off guard wherever you're
0: (laughs) But I want you to shock me in the flipper buttons when I am making an incorrect shot. Like, that's a scary (laughs) pinball machine.
4: That was an Alice Cooper request. He wanted to shock the player, literally.
0: Good. Good for him. That's really risk versus reward there. Uh, We haven't seen a ton of the gameplay of Halloween, but maybe, Bug, maybe you can answer this. Do you think there is what I've termed a pinball moment or just something dramatic or immersive in the code that you're really looking forward to people experiencing for the first time.
5: Absolutely. The seven ball lock in the wizard mode of the game. There's a moment where you get the ball. You, you've, you've locked all seven, six before this all one. And at this a is boogeyman
0: you know, wizard mode, right? Yes. Okay. And Uh, uh, uh. editor's note right here. This part that Bug talks about is so damn cool, I wanted to at least give you a heads up of a spoiler alert. Fast forward about 15 seconds or so if you do not want a wizard mode to be spoiled. It's that good.
5: After you've got that six ball lock, the balcony shot is lit for your seventh lock. When you shoot across that balcony and it holds it and Michael Myers is getting shot off the balcony by Loomis, And it drops that ball and starts releasing the other six all at the same time. And it's just definitely a a classic. I don't want to say classic because it's not been seen yet. But it it has the potential to be an absolute classic pinball moment 10 years down the road, I would say.
0: I hate that I'm such a nerd. Like, I'm just... Fired up on all cylinders <laughs> over. Hey, this is great.
3: I actually almost thought it was more fun um, locking the seven balls individually the way he has it set up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just spitting out one ball for you, and you gotta put it in the exact lock that you need to. And the the music's really killer in that, and it just definitely a heart pumping thing.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Pinball moments, man, especially staging balls. I will keep a damn game because of that ball staging. Like, give me Elvira kind of <laughs> does that with Gappa angry like oh, it yes. makes you makes you lock certain balls and then you go into certain level oh my gosh uh, I think uh, what else did that Simpsons pinball party did some kind of locking thing for alien invasion do you get any inspiration from other code when you're doing this bug or is this kind of fresh off the cuff kind of well oh, that'd be cool kind of stuff
5: sometimes it, it definitely is inspiration I, I love rule sets like Monster Bash Scared Stiff uh, Adam's Family I just think those games rules are incredible and uh, sometimes it's completely by accident that it was from inspiration. When I was yeah. talking with Bowen about that seven ball lock wizard mode, he's like, oh, so this is a little bit similar to the Gappa Angry wizard mode. And I was like, uh, yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it?
4: <laughs> yeah, Eric from JJP sent me a text uh, yesterday, Bug, and he said, uh, uh, nice job on the, the, tilt, the tilt warning warnings. lights.
5: <laughs> I can't for the life of me remember which, whose idea the tilt warnings on the playfield was. I honestly can't. <laughs>
4: yeah, I knew the inserts were there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. we it's know a a good idea when we steal one. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's really cool. I can't wait. I uh, can't wait for this rule set now bug. Not that, uh, not to put any pressure on, on you and everybody and <laughs> follows and stuff, but, uh, it's good to hear that Bowen, cause we hadn't seen him. I was reading this week in pinball. Everybody needs to go over there, check out the deep dive. They did. If you want to see all the pictures, all the information, I love, love, love what they were doing over there, but, uh, I didn't see Bowen's name in a lot of that stuff. So he is consulting and still helping with some of the code set because what he did for Rick and Morty was probably a big reason why I'm keep, I just love, uh, some of that rule set.
5: Yeah. Bowen is definitely helping out a ton. Uh, I I hop on a call with him pretty often these days and any ideas I have he has at least three more to build on top of it with to just make it that much better so he he gives me a lot of confidence in my own rule set because just knowing I have him on my side and his input it definitely it, it gives me a lot of confidence. So very I'm cool. feeling a lot better now than I was maybe a few months ago in the rules because I mean it's, I I didn't know I don't know what people are going to think when they see it but uh, he he definitely helps out a ton
4: I was super happy too just to go back to like a little bit on the rules the the seven ball lock in Ultraman the number seven if you're an Ultraman fan has a very big kind of uh, association. So uh, I mean, again, uh, just another point of the rules all kind of blending and working well for both layouts, and uh, and uh, there's there's might be a special guest hidden in the game. That's what I'm trying to say.
3: Code, code is definitely the the number one priority right now. The the thing we've been talking about all weekend, getting everyone game planning, and we don't want to disappoint anyone with that. And it's it's going to be the number one thing that we're we're going after on this
0: one. So again, you guys are buddies, so I can be honest with you. We were hearing in some of the forums like they're worrying about the rules like hold up we got bug here young guy he's not a coder like you've read it so my thought honestly what i've been telling people behind the scenes and publicly i've been saying look whenever i have my other spooky games love them love them to death but i want to see something different and how in the hell do we know what bug's capable of so i've been like your number one fan bug saying Let's give this kid a chance to see what, what's in this this wicked, devilish mind of his because nobody loves this film series or the genre as much as this guy. So I think I speak for a lot of us in the community when I say, we're behind you 100%, buddy. We want to see what your mind can create and what Fosman's mind can create and the whole team there. So you've got a lot of support.
5: And I appreciate that a ton. It, it means a lot to know that there are people out there who do – feel that I can come up with some cool rules and a fun game for them. And, uh, you know, I I even do understand, like, people's concerns where they're, like, this... 19 year old kids writing the rules for my expensive ass game really like <laughs> i i can see where they're coming from and there, there's no sense in me going online and trying to argue with that or be like no you don't no, understand He'll see <laughs> no i'm just i'm gonna try my best on it and hopefully when it gets out there people accept it and enjoy it
4: and as his dad that's that's all i can ask for just give him a chance you know <laughs> and there's checks and balances like we've all said and and We're going to make it great. And we all know that, you know, the rules, we, we want them to be, you know, everything else is getting up there in quality. We want the rules to be just as good. So,
0: and last coding question here, guys, what, what's, what's the goal? What's the story, Corwin? Am, Am I helping Michael Myers? Am I, am I helping Laurie Strode both? Like, what am I doing?
5: So it's going to vary on the mode. Uh, you're always going to play as Michael Myers or Laurie Strode. You'll never be playing as anybody else.
1: That's perfect. Okay. So
5: it, it, your, your primary objective of your mode would be, uh, I'm Michael Myers. I'm trying to escape out of the asylum in the beginning Ooh. of the movie. I'm Michael Myers. I'm trying to kill PJ Souls in this mode. Or I'm Laurie Strode, and I'm running as fast as I can trying to do everything to get away from Michael Myers. So it's going to depend on the modes. And now one important thing of the game is that the modes are stackable. And an idea that we've been throwing oh. around is if I stack two Lori modes on top of each other, there needs to be more bonuses for that than if I have a Michael and a Lori mode stacked on top of each other.
0: That's clever. Okay. So yeah, it's very indicative to the film. So you're going to get all aspects. You don't have to just be stuck with Michael Myers or with Lori trying to get away from the guy with big sausage fingers that's what i call him like we were talking about this last week would you rather be killed by michael myers by his hands or just quickly by a knife and i said give me the knife because those sausage fingers are so (laughs) they're scary like that, he's got to have a hell of a grip
5: yeah definitely the knife he does a lot of head squeezing choking oh. and throwing and with his hands and th- those are slow those ones look like they hurt a lot more yeah i ain't got time
0: for that shit take me out quick i do not <laughs> want uh agony there i like the guy on the the closet just give me the knife in the stomach I- i'll be good swing me around <laughs> later on i'm fine
1: well, in his horror
4: too, it's kind of it's kind of a mix of you know, when we watch these movies, it's like we want to see these creative killers and, and the, the danger looming in the darkness and what's <laughs> out there. And at the same time, we want to see people escape and get away and be safe. And so, yeah, I think the game is doing a nice job of kind of playing off those two things. And, and, and bug has been really fun and creative about finding ways to do that. Well, because mm-hmm.
5: if you if you watch horror movies and you like horror movies, nine out of ten times you really are rooting for the killer. But there always is the one <laughs> yeah, character that's that like, okay, I want them to get away. So, like I said, I, I, I want Michael Myers to get all the babysitters he can except for Laurie Strode. I want
4: Laurie Strode to escape every time. So that's why you can play as Bugs. Bugs, a big James A. Genese fan. So, you know, let's go to the kill count. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's true. Well, that brings up a good point. Are you guys going to have, I- I've heard on the super awesome. You guys kind of talked about the assets that you have, the assets you don't have. Um, the IP w- didn't want this just to be a running film here, but are we going to get film clips and, and healthy amount of film clips that we all come to love?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Everything you need to see is in the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, the iconic
3: movie clips that you're going expecting to pick this. out or expecting to see are in the game. I mean, and they're in their original form, just like they should be.
0: Mr. Squirrel, all of the clips? I'm thinking of a all couple. All the clips? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I have to turn family mode on for a couple.
1: Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's yeah. a different subject. Yeah. Okay.
0: Have
4: we fine. decided on that yet? Is there a family mode in this game, guys? You tell me. I,
0: I think there should be.
5: They're probably legally. This is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I just hope there's an adult mode. That's all I care about.
3: Oh, that that'll be there.
4: Right okay. now, it's all adult. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So a lot of our listeners, uh, we got a pretty decent podcast here. A lot of the listeners are collectors. They're hobbyists. They're the people that you guys probably roll your eyes at because we care about shit that we shouldn't care about. So enough is enough. I want to talk about some damn pinball toppers. I'm self-proclaimed the topper king here in this industry. And you guys are proud of this Halloween topper, as you should be. It is damn great looking. And it moves. It freaking moves. So we heard the description of the topper on the SAPS program. And it's essentially the Halloween original film poster in motion. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: The hand is stabbing the, the game.
3: The motion is super unique too. Actually, we didn't do as good of a job as we would have liked to showcasing the full rotation. Mm-hmm. But when you see the full rotation of that arm and it stabs in, it is just the most perfect yes. quirky looking thing you've ever seen. I mean It's fun. Whose idea? Um was that a Ben Heck? I think that sounds like something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Ben, Ben said that we ben needed a. we needed a stab. Yeah. I think, I think that was a mostly Ben heck idea there.
0: Well, why I never want to be alone in a room with that guy?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Ben because he vomits 300 ideas per minute and they might not all be good, but some of them are gold. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, he was all yeah. about the knives. you got to have knives everywhere. Uh,
4: <laughs> but we had the we, we got the knives actually from Trick or Treat Studios. They're all licensed product and everything. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a big horror film poster nut, and mm-hmm. I had that in my basement. And I was like, ah, yeah, I know how I'm going to do this. And I set it up to slice the pumpkin, give it a little depth, add Ben's knife in there, and
0: just start killing the game with it. Why into the <laughs> cabinet, though? why is it going into the cabinet like that's intense
3: so me <laughs> well, being so i i always have to i always that's have a good to make a question work. Yeah. that ends up being on me um so everyone gets to come up with the cool ideas and then i gotta be the one to make it work <laughs> or work safely um so i'm always the karen in the room like no you can't do that you'll damage the play field <laughs> and so that's me i'm the party killer every day but uh i I just needed somewhere for the knife to go and we're like, well, we could cut it off and add a linkage and stuff like that and then we're like, no, you know what? We're we're just going to shove it right through the top of the head. So that's what we did.
0: So damn cool. Now is this is this topper code interactive like Rick and Morty or is it more constant motor driven
3: So no it, it'll it'll be driven by by a separate nano so they'll be able to code fully code the light show for that they'll be able to code the the motion and they'll be able to integrate it into the gameplay as they go so they should be able to add that to their modes and things like that
4: Yeah so it's fully integrated and and even the strip of lights that is up there is individually addressable just like the lights in the game so it's oh, it's capable call. of some incredible light shows not just going red green blue it's it's individually addressable just like any insert so uh, light up there can be creative cool and fun
3: same thing with the speaker grills now yeah exactly they're, they're all individually addressable so you can actually oh. you know run the lights back and forth red run them in a spiral That's do multiple big. colors at once and yep they look that a lot really
0: better i uh, sorry they these are Weird little questions, way too deep inside baseball. I gotta know whose idea was it to whitewater the Halloween title onto the topper? Oh, that
4: was all Chuck. There. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to see the 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 title, you know, six inches apart. Halloween, Halloween, or Ultraman, Ultraman. Just so yeah. If uh, if you're getting the standard or the Bloodsucker edition, the titles on the glass. If you get the collectors, it's up there on the topper.
0: Oh, Chuck. Me and you, we just, it's like two <laughs> peas in a pod. I, I i can't tell you how great of a decision that was. It, it's like, a you, what you have done? Essentially, not only have you made a topper, a must have, you guys do not want to know how much that topper would sell for in the secondary market, but you've made that collectible. Now you have taken a back glass that is now more collectible than its counterparts as well. And I can guarantee you didn't even know you were doing it. But it makes that back glass unique now because it's the whitewater effect. You don't get the name of the title on the back glass. You get it on the topper that was made for that particular model. So big kudos. I love, love, love that uh, distinct detail there. Are you guys still screen printing those back glasses or are they a Translite now?
4: No, no. It's still a real back glass.
0: Yep.
3: Real back glass.
0: It weighs like 30 pounds. <laughs> it
3: sure yep, does. It does.
0: Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm always like, every time I'm taking one out, I'm like, damn, guys. So
3: it. on this game, there really should not you should never need to take it out. Oh. Now, I think you can get to everything. Uh, the only thing that you would have to ever take the back glass out for would be to replace the LED strips in the back of the head. That would Whoa. be the only possible thing you could ever have to need to take your back glass out of the game. Yeah, we, Wait, we ran a
4: USB cable down to the coin door for you, oh, so when you update your thing, you ask. just open the coin door now.
3: Yeah, and wow. even, even if you did want to update directly to the PC, you should be able to reach that without taking the back glass out because we've mounted those lower. And with moving the the pinatar to the bottom of the playfield, we were actually able to move the PC and the the nano that drives the the topper and the lights um, down to where you can actually access them without taking the back glass out.
0: Yeah, so you get that wow. nice little fold-down panel and you're good to go. That's perfect. That is perfect. Have Now, have you guys ever considered mirrored back glasses. Any consideration in a future title of a mirrored back glass?
4: I would never say never to it, but we've tended to do what we know is sustainable. And and again, a huge percentage of what we make is done in house from printing to metal, to plastics, to pull our own ramps. We do our own powder coating. We do, you know, we've got our own CNCs for all this stuff. Um. A mirrored backglass is another level of uh, technical, technical print magic. I've seen it done. I've been a part of it before in the past. At my old job, uh, we don't necessarily have uh, the chemicals in-house to do that safely. So we've just kind of avoided it, but yeah, I, I would never say that we wouldn't make a mirrored back glass, but there's gotta be a good reason for it. Sure. It's gotta look good. It's gotta be aesthetically pleasing. It's, it, it's gotta have a real justification to do it other than to just have a mirrored back glass.
0: Mm. And then you guys do the additional trim kits available. spookypinball.com. Uh, that was a, was that a bug thing? Uh, America's most Honored. You can have an additional, Detailed trim kit, uh, powder coat. It's all bugging Luke. Yeah. yeah.
5: so right as I finished up online classes for college or whatever, that was the very first project that Luke got me in on was we, he wanted to design some metal parts for just selling add-ons on the web store to all our old games for some cool armor packages. So we just sat down and we drew those out together. And I uh, picked colors and designs. And yeah, that was kind of our first project that. we ever really did with each other.
0: But on this one, you don't really need that because you guys have that on the CE on this game with the hammered gold is what I call it.
3: Correct. So yeah, uh, we, we planned on doing that for all of the games of the future. So we decided to just go back and do it for some of the past games just because we were screwing around and we saw how nice it did look. I mean, you throw like the AMH armor kit on and it looks like a whole new
5: game. It's It's incredible. It's really my favorite one. It looks so fantastic.
0: Uh, the Alex Cooper, uh, spider though, that widow, mm, that looks good yeah. cool, too. Like widow with the red yep. slipper button, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Or the Rob zombie, the Rob zombie one stellar. T- you guys did a really good job on those trim kits. And it's the collector in me that just loves the extra little things that you can, you can add to games. All right, guys, enough of the collector stuff with Halloween selling out so damn quick. Kind of proving an apparent appetite for horror-themed pins, the Spooky Pinball intend to tackle another significant horror franchise? And do you think there's going to be kind of a competitive race now to tap that undervalued market of the horror collector?
3: Uh, We're sure there will be, Um, but we're also... (laughs) Um, we're, we're also looking to cater to everyone too, though. We, we're not just going to do all horror or anything like that. Um, Rick Wait, and Morty what? was huge. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Somebody tell me if, about it, this. if it was, uh, if it was up to Charlie, we would only do horror ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we, we're looking at a lot of, a lot of the really great titles. Um, a lot of things that people want to do and we're definitely sifting through it. And I, 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 hate when I see people, they get disappointed about the release of what the title is. I know it sucks that time, but we might be coming with your dream theme next time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many different things that so many people love and we want to cater to as many of those as possible. Yeah. And I would
5: like to correct something we said on, uh, the super awesome pinball show. And, mm-hmm. uh, when we were asked if we would ever do a double theme ever again, we both said no. <laughs> I and, remember uh, hearing that. Yeah. Th- and then we, we started thinking, talking about some licenses and, well, never say never. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. Never, never say never. <laughs> Give me a little art setup help. That's that.
5: <laughs> it, it won't be every time, but th- there's potential for one down the road again.
0: Luke, I know that you go to the forums and you're an advocate of Spooky uh, on those forums as well as others at Spooky Pinball, but a lot of themes were being thrown out on those forums and social media. And, and guys, you know, they say that pinball forum posting is hard. That's what they say. Are there any themes that kind of stuck out to you guys uh, that wasn't Halloween? You're like, oh, and the follow-up is basically, when are you guys developing that Nightmare on Elm Street
5: game?
3: <laughs> you know, <laughs>
0: People I guess love Freddy. The, the themes
3: that do speak to us, we're not going to tell you. Yeah. I know,
0: I know. So uh,
3: first and foremost, I see all of those theme requests, all of them. <laughs>
0: okay, that's oh, what we want. Okay. I
3: specifically asked them to be emailed to you, and uh, uh, I know second, what the hell were you I, doing
0: I'm not there, Luke? You
3: which one stuck out at all? Okay, what uh, <laughs> they did?
0: Uh, why were? You, how in the hell you asked for people to send them? I'm like, oh God, bless that child. Like, bless They're that boy. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, I, I don't mind, man. I, I honestly. Like we were talking about, even when we designed the game, I, I love other people's ideas.
0: God bless you.
3: I also am really open to other people's suggestions, and I definitely notice a good idea when I see it, and there's there's a mm-hmm. lot of those out there. I, I just appreciate everyone's input, and I think it's awesome. And there's so many angles and different walks of life that people come from and different things that they like, and there's so many things that you can pick out of that that are just so cool.
0: You're a better man than me, Luke. A better man, because <laughs> most of the time, somebody's pitching out an idea, and I'm like, right, "For guys, for real? Like, read what you just put and think about how stupid that is." That's my thing.
3: <laughs> no, I I, that's not, I, I love it. I love. It. I mean, I have plenty of bad ideas myself. So I, I do too. I, that stuff. We just need to get
4: Luke to some uh, pinball conventions, and he's gonna stop asking people that question because really <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna volunteer to you every chance they get.
0: Yep. Yep. Nope. There's gonna be there's a spray that you can use to keep us off of you. Yeah. Dennis Creasel, <laughs> uh, co-host here at the pinball show, he was wanting to poke at Charlie. He was like, "Hey, Charlie, uh, everybody wants Nightmare on Elm Street. Everybody wants uh, Evil Dead. You know, what about Killer Clowns from Outer Space? He thought you might like that real niche." kind of film there do you think that would even work
5: yeah absolutely it would work
0: okay so he's right and i'm wrong all right whatever no. okay a fan of that yeah there are
3: a lot of requests for it too i mean there really
0: is i know so much That's... you could do with that all right okay i get it now uh let's let's break up a there, there's a big controversy here a big a big struggle between dennis and i on a lot of things i want you guys to say what camp you're in here are you camp evil dead or camp army of darkness personally, not pinball related, just personally. Cause I think evil dead is one of the greatest horror films of all time for a lot of reasons. And a lot of other people object and say they like the campiness and the fun of an army of darkness,
5: which evil dead
0: one. There's only well, the, one to me one.
5: Oh,
4: <laughs> really? You don't like <laughs> so number just, two? Just
5: the first
0: that's, one. That's huh? the horror film. Like that's, that's a, the, the smart, actually scary film.
4: Hmm. The first Evil Dead, honestly, back in the 80s when we found that in our local video store, we rented it over and over again. It was so enthralling and mm, just drugged me deeper into that kind of more gro- uh, gory, grotesque,
1: mm-hmm. kind
4: of over-the-top element that that uh, you know some films had, but that thing just took it to a different level. It, always going to have a soft spot in, in my heart, but Army of Darkness is so much fun.
0: Yeah, I know.
5: Yeah, I would say, uh, honestly, between the two, they they're both have their own iconic pieces to each of them that it, I, I'm happy with either, to be honest. E-
2: sure.
4: Whichever.
0: Can't lose with either. Man, I'm a big Evil it, Dead fan.
4: If you're asking me which one appeals more to horror fans, Evil Dead. If you're asking which one appeals more to everybody, Army of Darkness. I think that's a good way to put it. Okay. But That'd I have the good. Evil Dead poster. I don't have the Army of Darkness poster.
0: Boom. Eat that, Dennis Creasel. <laughs> <laughs> all right well if we're talking about ultraman uh, charlie i don't want to offend you but my thought first was ultra who
1: uh Why? So why heard that
5: once or twice? <laughs> I know.
0: Why bother with a run of Ultraman? Honestly, like what was the reasoning you guys did this split this 500 run of Ultraman? Because you can?
4: Exactly. <laughs>
0: okay, uh, that's what I wanted the answer to be, but I didn't. I didn't know if you're trying to branch out in, into some maybe some of the Eastern world, or if there if there is just this. Damn it, people need to know more about kaiju or, or Ultraman. They need to know more about this, or if you thought, yeah, we want to make seventeen hundred fifty, but I'm not sure we want to run seventeen fifty Halloween like is there was there any thoughts behind that, or did Ultraman start this all off?
5: Well, there is the aspect of we understand Halloween's an adult theme, and for some people, just having a serial killer with a knife on the okay. back glass isn't going to make it into some homes, and we know that Ultraman is very family friendly, so it's a it's a good counterpart to Halloween as well,
4: okay but but honestly from a personal yeah this one was a tiny bit it was a tiny bit selfish on my part and it was something that was really really like i said it's near and dear to bug and i it's something that we've loved for forever since i was a kid i used to rush home every day from school to watch ultraman and to get to be a small part of that company taking bigger steps here in the United States and getting their, their licensing issues resolved were to the point where they could be here and to throw that into a game. Come on. I mean, that's, it's just singing to Charlie right there. And yeah, it is a little bit of a personal pet project mm-hmm. and, uh, but to see people embrace it again, like I said, who I never would have anticipated the response we got, we figured we'd sell a few hundred to the, to the, the hardcore fans that knew what it was and we'd have to go out and work it a bit and, and get pinball fans to give it a chance, but it definitely wasn't the case. So I, I'm just thrilled with the, re- the
0: response and how it went. Well, and I think that, uh, I think you deserve that Charlie. And whenever you announced that there were so many people that are just this diehard that, that whole scene there that's so diehard that thought there is no damn way i will ever see my dream theme made into a pinball machine because it's, it's too small uh in the american world it's just it's too small but man you lit up their eyes whenever you announced a damn ultraman pinball machine and who can argue with matt frank's artwork oh, it was <laughs> beautiful jeez beautiful. that damn game looks unbelievable yeah unbelievable.
4: And, yeah. and it was very important to us, too, to be completely respectful to the source material. And, you know, it does have English and Japanese language speech. There, there's several lines in there that were done in Japanese specifically to, again, give it some more of that Eastern flavor here in the United States. And that's what it's where it all comes from, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's They're the originators. They're the creators of this art form and source of entertainment that we absolutely love. But we wanted it. Uh, for the games that are going to get to Japan, we wanted it to be a very big arigato to their fans as well, and mm-hmm. and we pulled that off in spades. And I think it's absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, again, to everybody in the United States that embraced it, thank you. You know, it's yeah. it's great when you can take on something that means so much to us and have it become accepted the way it was. And and it was a, uh, I'm still kind of a little speechless over it. It's it's amazing.
0: Well, and that just goes to show you that how important artwork is nowadays in pinball, uh, in pinball creativity. Because damn it, if that when I seen that artwork, I thought, well, may, what, do I want a Halloween or maybe I do want an ultra? Like I, this is cool, I like this. And that's not to say anything about Jason Edmiston's work on Halloween, because everybody knows in, in the in the horror genre, in the horror uh, circles, Jason Edmiston's work. I didn't think you could make Halloween pretty you shouldn't be able to make halloween beautiful but damned if he didn't knock like i thought at least give me a back glass it's beautiful he nailed that and then he took the cabinet art and with the compositions that he uses and the fading from the different scenes the color use this thing is impeccable it's making me think of a freaking butter cabinet i don't why do I, I don't need to do butter ca- I i might on this You should see the
4: butter cabinet. Oh man, Charlie! Yeah,
3: it really is. The Halloween direct print is definitely the best direct print we've done for sure. Uh, The ultimate butter is
4: gorgeous, but the Halloween one is off the rails. Beautiful.
0: Okay, all right.
3: Do you think we're ever getting the Armageddon Dream theme? (laughs) <laughs> I
0: know luke and, day luke day and day. i are going to make our own damn machine in the basement it's gonna be armageddon in my
3: selfish theme oh man
0: <laughs> animal cracker wizard mode that's yeah. all i'm saying oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> sorry i had to go there all right to finish off uh, our discussion guys, you guys have been the best but i have some general spooky pinball questions if you guys are up for them
3: sure, Absolutely.
0: Spooky Pinball has been described as kind of the everyman company, the underdog, if you will. After going through multiple periods of growth, we've seen you all as a family grow as a family and different production improvements. Do you guys still see your company as this underdog of the industry?
4: In some ways. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. Making a lot of machines. I mean,
3: we're still the same people just showing up every morning in Benton and doing our job. I mean... If you get down to like just pure facility size, team size,
5: development budget, and whatnot, we're definitely still the underdog in those aspects. I would say. Okay,
0: that's good. Good objective measurement there. All right. Yeah,
4: and I, I think I think we're finding as the company grows again. You know, it's just because we're we don't have the budget, maybe that some of the other companies do. That doesn't mean we can't put out a product that is just every bit as spectacular. And I think these these younger guys have really done that this time around and. And uh, it, it's a balancing act to kind of, you know, that that family guy, family company, family, every, you know, small town in America is what we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a balancing act to, you still have to deliver, period, or you're not going to last. And I think that we've grown there. And and again, taking on bigger licenses and things like that uh, and being true to yourself, which is a prime example of what Halloween and Ultraman was.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I think people relate to that uh, more than most, so... Uh, we want you guys to continue being who you are. Charlie, next question, really for you specifically. We know each other on a, a, a little bit of a personal level. You can, you know how fascinated I am with this industry. I have more passion than I probably should uh, for pinball. I want to know, is there, and this is uh, this is selfish of me to ask, but is there like a specific thought process you had or different moments that you had when you decided to say F it and you went all in on starting your own pinball company? Any, any moments that you can look back now and think that was kind of a defining moment there or that really helped establish confidence in, in moving forward with uh, starting my own thing.
4: I never feel entirely comfortable ever. Uh, I think these two will, they're laughing at me, they're <laughs>
0: right now.
4: I'm, I'm one of the most no, I nervous, get that. I get that. I'm one of the most nervous, thin skinned human beings you're ever going to meet. Mm hmm. Texas Pinball Festival, like you'd seen in the, you know, the Dana and Joel Reeves documentary they did on us. That was a big, big moment because it meant we were going to survive to get to do a second game. Rob Zombie as much flack as it takes now. At the time, it. it elevated us and it allowed us to build a new shop you know scott with total nuclear coming in kind of mm-hmm. raised our profile and it definitely gave us a boost that we needed and it did get a game of the year trophy from pinball news and
1: yeah. and
4: it, it it got us to the point where a company like adult swim would give us the time of day and we could get a bigger license like rick and morty and and again, and, you know, it's it's all these little relationships it's been it's Hank, yeah. it's Scott, it's 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 you know, everybody that's ever been a part of Spooky Pinball has that it's it's all just such a big thing, but this
0: obviously is our biggest moment to date. Now we've really got to deliver. Prior to that though, prior to even starting America's Most Haunted, what was there a, a moment you thought to yourself, "Damn it, I I want to do this or I think I can I might try this." There's somebody that just really pissed you off at your old job or is there like something that clicked when you're like, shit, I, I'm really passionate about this.
4: You know, I wouldn't say it was anything that was it. We wouldn't. Oh boy.
3: <laughs> if, if he would have, if he would have planned it, he wouldn't have done it. No, uh, no honestly if okay. I had
4: seriously thought this out and not been a little bit impulsive. It It would have yeah. been a terrible idea. And I, and I will never forget Ben Heck and I were spending a lot of time together and working on our pet projects. And at the same time I was at my old job and we had gotten our foot in the door with JJP and it was a wonderful thing. And I, I was working in pinball, uh, you know, via the safety and comfort of my day job. But at the same time, we were spending so much time and effort on our own. And I saw the potential of what Ben's game was. And,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and he was like, you're crazy. Do not quit. We'll finish this on the side. And I knew if I, I, did it that way as a part-time gig, it was never going to get done. So the only way to really kind of force myself to finish that game for him and, and to help him out and him to help me it was to take it seriously because you know ben put a lot of time and faith into what i was hoping to do and he didn't get paid a dime until the game started selling Mm -hmm. so i didn't want to let him down and then you know once you start getting employees like luke and and you know bug and squirrel and kt and everybody you know my whole family is riding on me not screwing up (laughs) uh it's 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 really good to keep chasing that paycheck when the game ship, you get paid. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's always been kind of our model is like you do the work, you put it in the hours, and uh, on the back end, you'll be taken care of. And we've been very lucky and very blessed that we've had great people and great
0: product and we keep getting better. Thank you for that, Charlie. So I'm just I'm thrilled to be where we're at. I appreciate that. And listener, like I said, it was selfish because uh, selfish question because i I did that same. I quit my professional career this year and went all in on uh, pinball and arcade. So uh, there's people like you, Charlie, I look up to and make me feel better about my decision, whether or not. Are
3: you sure? That's a good idea. Zach. <laughs>
0: yeah. How many times have you heard? that? Right? We'd have told you, to. We'd <laughs> told you not to. We'd have told you not to. I know. I, I know. He you
3: explaining everything to me when I started and I was like, <sighs> dude, this is dumb.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> what are we like, doing?
3: But I'll help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: you know, I, I heard that all. the somewhere. My family's <laughs> like, so you're you know? a, you're a doctor, but now you're, just selling pinball machines? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. Speaking of Ben Heck, the new Penatar boards, is there a benefit, cost benefit, reliability benefit, additional? Why move to the Ben Heck boards?
4: it's actually a parker dillman board ben ben is writing the the kind of the operating system that that works on the board
0: Mm
4: -hmm. uh so parker dillman is the engineer on it and ben is doing that end of it but it's a little bit of everything you just said it's it's more cost effective it's 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 more simplistic it's all in one uh the p rock is a very very fine system and don't be surprised if you don't see you know more of that in spooky's future somewhere down the road but as far as our base models and, our, and you know the bulk of our games and stuff, the Pinotaur it just makes all the sense in the world. And, and Luke can tell you how much wiring time and everything else is going to be saved for labor and okay. everything
3: else. There, okay. There's a fraction of the just the connection points. And Well, I mean, you saw the, the bottom of the board picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the bottom of the board picture of Rick and Morty and look at the bottom of the board on this game. Yep. Uh, I mean, yep. it's just so much cleaner, I guess. Yeah, it's a little cleaner. Um.
0: Not as much guys too. now with that being said, if we're talking board, I've got to ask or I'm not doing my job. Guys, I suck with updating these damn codes. Are we going to see Wi-Fi updates at some point in Spooky's future? I
2: don't know.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's been discussed several times and we actually had that option all the way back on America's most haunted as a $25 uh, upgrade on the board.
0: Oh, and nobody,
4: not a single person ordered
0: it. I didn't realize that.
4: Yeah, that was a real thing. Ben was spending a lot of time on, and he thought it would be great to come up and you could, uh, you could check your game status and everything else with your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could check coils, you could check lamps, you could do all that stuff. And it just nobody, it wouldn't gain any traction. We tried, and it yeah, was okay. a twenty-five dollar module to add to the board, and <clears throat> nobody wanted it.
3: Ben still shows me a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, on the he phone. still talks about it all the time.
0: Uh, internet connectivity, menu system being improved. Are we going to see any changes with that type of hardware software in the future?
3: Like I said, Ben still shows me different troubleshooting apps and stuff like that that he can go right on the phone and check the switch matrix and things like that. So I, oh, I wow. wouldn't be a bit surprised if we fully develop something like that where you can basically troubleshoot your games from the phone at some point or something. But
0: you not,
3: not on this one. Yeah, well, of course,
0: like of course. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Do you guys see there being any benefit to having games online?
4: yeah no i don't know i'm probably the wrong guy to ask
0: because i'm the old dude in the room (laughs) (laughs) get off my lawn
3: yeah exactly i mean for like me and corwin we're obviously used to seeing it because our whole lives all games have been online i mean
0: that says a lot there all right you guys are you guys are fielding the, the tough ones here nicely done and you've made it so that nobody else will come on my show for an interview. See, that's why I don't do interviews. I don't know what to ask when I can, can I, I don't know what the hell? Okay. I'll, I'll do some other ones uh, since this is probably the last time you'll be willing to come on. All right. Um, I'm pretty dedicated to this industry, uh, not only as a dealer, but as a media provider. Yeah, I said it loud and proud pinball media, baby podcast streams, videos, whatever there's positives and negatives with media in any industry. I get that. What is you all's take on quote unquote pinball media?
5: I would say it's a big influence on a lot of what we do at this point. I mean, like we said, Luke's mentioned multiple times that he checks Pinside every single day. I've been checking Pinside every single day. We like to see what people are talking about. We like to see what people are interested in, what their complaints are, what they'd like
3: to see next. It it, it can be very helpful. I watch I watch a lot of it. I even watch the YouTube videos and stuff. Uh, someone, someone tell Kerry Hardy that if he doesn't post a <laughs> video sooner next time, I'm going to lose my <laughs> mind. <laughs> I, I waited until I almost it. midnight hoping that he would post I something love no, it. nothing he was hung over dude yeah he comes on <laughs> the next day and he's like i was so drunk and i'm like dude i, I needed you
0: <laughs> that that warms my heart it sounds like spooky pinball is actually a young company young young people in it that are jumping in to lead this thing so that's that's great
3: well, the cool part is we have both. Like, we have, as young guys and some of us, like I said, who don't know even a lot of the things that we should know, we get to have different ideas. And there's also a lot of the Chuck, he's practically a walking encyclopedia of pinball history. So if I ask him, you know, has this been done in the game or that been done in the game, most of it, he knows when games were made, how many they sold, all that stuff. And I I don't know any of that, but it's, it's nice to have both.
4: He's the boss. Oh, yeah. I had just enough, like help with the operators and stuff too, that I could kind of see what worked in the past, what was reliable, that kind of stuff. So we have a little bit of insight there going into it. And and, uh, yeah, to to me, it's the best thing I can do at this point is kind of pass on what I know and kind of help and guide these, these younger guys as they, like they said, try things that they don't know they can't do. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, that's what makes it exciting. You know, I, this game plays like no other game I've ever played in my life. And to me, that is as exciting as it gets and that is the healthy balance of pinball that you know you can't evolve too far or people don't accept it and you also don't want to just keep repeating what's been done before and this is a real healthy balance on that and it just gets me happy
3: (laughs) a lot of the neat part too is with corwin he was kind of born and bathed in the blood of pinball i guess (laughs) um so it's kind of neat because he, he has the perspective that me and AJ do with the age group, but he also has kind of a middle ground because he has a lot more knowledge about rules and how shots should flow and things like that. <laughs>
5: Which basically that means I understand what the norms are in pinball, <laughs> but I'm also dumb enough to go against them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All I know is it cost me a lot of Sacagawea dollars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, people like decorating their game rooms, uh, the public locations. When are we going to see some some banners or uh, spooky pinball signage that I could have put in my game room or showroom. I want like the That's game your banners. Card, Dad. I'm, yeah.
4: I'm trying to get some spooky home game room neon signs made now but they're so oh, yes. dang fragile. I know. That uh it's tough to ship them and stuff, but once we can start getting back to shows and stuff, yeah, man, I would love to get some, some cool kind of spooky neon signs and, mm-hmm. and, uh, we've got some other stuff up our sleeve that we're kind of working that direction, but, uh,
0: or yeah. And like, if you're doing licensing, talking to the licensors about doing promotional banners and stuff, I know that other companies are doing that and people are starting to hang them on their walls and stuff. And they're really cool.
4: Absolutely, and I I understand and I appreciate that, all that too. And we've kind of started working in some other stuff into our licensing agreements that we are allowed to do a bit more of that. Hell yeah! And uh, you you may see some cross licensing, cool pinball related stuff coming here in the not too distant future. And and I, I won't say any more for now.
0: Damn, damn cool, Charlie. bug Oh, lukey <laughs> Mr. Squirrel I'm so glad you came especially <laughs> Mr. Squirrel with your f- with your Foggy's fuzzy tail and your your love for Ben Affleck yeah, is. <laughs> it's awesome. your love for Ben Affleck and the uh, the Animal Crackers thank you guys so much for coming on to the Pinball Network's the Pinball Show I had a lot of fun and I'm not supposed to do these interview things but you guys were gentle on me even when I was an idiot asking stupid questions so uh, from the bottom of our hearts here at the pinball network as well as hobbyists in general we couldn't begin to tell you how much we appreciate what you do and what you bring to this industry and our obsessions so thank you thank you guys so much for coming on and hanging out
5: thank you a bunch for
3: having us man yeah thank you those are those are solid questions
4: and uh you know make sure you remember how nice we were when you're doing your next game review
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've always been sweet to spooky but are no great games. It's the other guy i can't
4: stand
0: wow <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why that's why you're on this show charlie that's why you're on this show <laughs> yeah hey, i told you how much i love rick and morty scott denisi i'm telling you it's actually a better game than tna just saying don't throw tomatoes at me people it just is i love that game and remember everybody, if you want to win one of those random spooky mystery boxes, Ooh, what's in there. All you've got to do is share the link to this on Facebook, this, this interview in this episode, and you've got to explain what feature of the new Halloween or Ultraman game that you were most looking forward to. And also maybe put if, uh, if you're down for the standard, the bloodsuckers of the CE, I want to see what you guys got. These guys were hinting at mostly CEs. And I think that's the way it's going to go. But, uh, Tell me what machine you got and where it's going to be at on location.
4: And if you win, tell Zach what size shirt you wear too, just to be safe. You know, in case we need that information
0: yeah yeah and nicole's gonna love me but if it needs to go to australia i love you aussie bastards over there i'll send it to you if you win <laughs> uh, so randomly drawn probably we're going to announce the winners on the next episode tune in next week for the pinball show on monday uh, thank you guys again and if you have any questions you can always email me at the pinball network at gmail.com or over at flipping out at zach z a c h at flip the letter in out pinball.com if people want to reach out to you guys over there spooky how do you want them to do that social media or is there an email or get a hold of us on pretty much anything yeah
4: facebook twitter (laughs) instagram bugs on twitter and instagram i i manage the the
0: the facebook's and uh yeah you can email any of us Uh, i know that you guys are you guys are sold out of the direct order halloween and ultramans correct we are okay there still may be, maybe, you might have a little window of opportunity to buy one from one of your favorite spooky dealers. So reach out to your favorite spooky dealer there and make sure you get one of these damn games. I'm telling you, once they sell out, you're going to be pretty damn upset that you have to pay like $4,000 extra on the secondary market just to get your hands on a used one. Why? Bye bye bye. Bye bye
3: bye. I, I know a lot of the distributors are down to just a handful of games, maybe 6 or 9 or <gasps> less, Ooh. so
0: See? Be be nice to those people. Don't (laughs) mess up. Yeah, treat your dealers nice, people. We love you.
1: It's time for TPN Industry News.
2: Yes, I'm back from the Great White North. Hello and welcome to the Pinball Show Stern News Update. I'm Craig Bobby. Well, Mandalorian Mania continues across the globe this past week as games continue to make their way to various locations and lucky LE owners. The newest game from Stern Pinball is making waves in various non pinball press and media outlets across the galaxy, including these exclusive Mandalorian features from Yahoo, Old School Gamer Magazine, Oz Retro Gamer, and Shock News featuring Gary Stern and Jack Danger. The Mandalorian Pinball was also featured featured as one of GQ's top picks of summer and was a spotlight on Disney's official Star Wars Father's Day gift guide. And speaking of the Mandalorian, with the first run of pro models finished and LEs also making their way out of the factory, Stern's first run of Mando Premium editions are due up next with the first run of these units expected to roll off the line later this month. Of course, Stern continues to churn its way methodically through the absolute mountain of back orders they have racked up during these past 12 months from increased consumer demand clamoring for their impressive lineup of titles. Wondering how Stern can produce so many of these games so quickly? Well Stern just recently posted yet another of one of their famous behind the scene production videos on their various social media pages, this time showcasing the making of The Mandalorian interested enthusiasts and pin curious people can see this video which highlights the Mandalorian pro model as well as pictures of that gorgeous limited edition model also being assembled. Quite the sight indeed. And more good news, the Stern launch parties are starting up again where they left off when the pandemic began as pinball friendly locations begin to reopen across the USA and the rest of the world. You can catch Stern launch parties celebrating the release of the Avengers Infinity Quest and Led Zeppelin at a Stern Army-supported location near you. That's all for this week. For The Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side.
0: Whew, well, I, I guess I did it there. My first official interview-ish. I don't. It still doesn't feel like an interview. It feels like I'm just hanging out with uh, some guys talking about pinball. They were great. Thank you again so much. In other news this week, Stern Pinball... Guess what, guys? I unboxed my Mandalorian Limited Edition just a couple days ago. Had to wait till I got back from vacay, but boy, oh boy, that first night ripped into that bad boy. And I got to tell you, the premium LE differences do matter on this one. Sure, the Pro is just phenomenal. The Mandalorian Pro is technically all you need, but the premium LE differences, they're not a deal breaker. Think like Deadpool here, right? Deadpool Pro is all you need. But like George Gomez said himself in the Pinball Network, he prefers the Premium LE because those increased enhanced features. Same thing here for Mandalorian. Of course, I'll have a more in-depth review, uh, whether it be on Straight Down the Middle or hanging out with Din Din and talking about it here on the Pinball Show. But I'm telling you right now, that 180 ramp, what that's going to offer you is a hell of a lot more control. Without it, you've got that horseshoe, which is fun. It's random. I like the chaos of it. But every once in a while, getting that 180 loop is a hell of a lot more controllable to what you're trying to do in that game. And many of you are asking, upper play field, is it too easy? Is it that much different than the pro? I'm here to tell you, I think this is objective. Definitively, that upper play field on the premium LE Mandalorian surpasses and beats that of the fun you're going to have on the pro. It's just dynamic. The damn thing shifting up and down smoothly is a showstopper. And my dumbass thought that the upper play field was going to be easy because you had two regular size flippers. Ooh, I'm going to change it to the lightning flippers. I said, Pff, no, <laughs> try to get to stage three and keep that ball up there. It ain't happening so much fun up there. I like the idea of the pro. You kind of nudge it and bounce it off that rubber and you have that one flipper and that's fun. It's a lot of fun. But damned, if I wasn't wrong, the upper play field on the premium LE, is a, it's its awesome. I want to play it right now. And fear not, premium LE Mandalorian buyers, because that Grogu magnet that everybody's like, what the hell's it do? Hell, I even thought that. What's it do? It's actually pretty damn cool. It offers more magnet action than I've seen on a lot of games. It locks that ball up there whenever you get your mystery. And do you think the whiplash on Iron Man throws that ball around? Whoa, No. This thing jostles, flips, jostles, flips, throws. And if anybody's shitty, oh, this game has nut. Don't fucking listen to them. This game is fun as hell. It's phenomenal. The magnet works. It's cool as hell. The upper play field's awesome. But this game is kind of a tough shooter. Not going to lie. This game is kind of an ass kicker. Yep, yep. I don't know if it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ass kicker. I don't know if it's even a Stranger Things ass kicker. It's like right under there. It's right under there. Not as inviting as Avengers or Deadpool, but above those in difficulty shooting this game. This game's been tough for me. It's been really tough. Well, You can go into multi-ball all day. That's fine. If you want to get to that wizard mode, and then you're at a dead end because you're going to have to do everything else. And that's a tough shooter. The one negative I would say about my experience thus far, both on the Pro and the Premium LE that I got, is that that upper ramp diverter, I don't know, some people on Penside said you have to dial down the the strength of the flipper because it hits that diverter and comes back. It has happened on my Ellie just as it happened on the Pro. Now, Joel Engelberth, he had uh, our showroom Pro to stream, and he said he added a little foam pad on the back of that diverter. Just a little one he said cleared up 95 to 98% of any of the rejects he had. I did that on mine completely fine. You put a little piece of foam back there, uh, or a little Velcro, anything just to slow the softening down of that. I don't want to. I don't think I want to turn down my flipper uh, power. So that's what I did. Thoroughly enjoying this game. I'm. I'm not even digging in yet uh, to what the code offers, but it's very addictive. And that back glass on the LA, pff, pff, I uh, prrr, trying to think the nicest mirrored back glass stern has offered since then. You're gonna have to go back to Star Trek. Remember how phenomenal that back glass was mirrored? Mm. This one, it's right there with it. Some say even better. Jersey Jack Pinball in the news. Did you guys see the official company merch being shown off on social media this week by Jersey Jack Pinball? Check it out. Go onto Facebook, see the Jersey Jack advertisement of Eric Menier sporting a big, beautiful JJP logo tee. And I might add, uh, surrounded by beautiful industry award crystals. Mm, nom, 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 nom. Looking good, Eric pinballwizard.com. I think I even like the JJP logo tee better than I do the GNR JJP tee. I don't know, just personal preference there, but it looks good. Now, if only I had the muscles that Eric has really fill out that shirt. <laughs> you guys thought I was just going to do an interview on this show? No, 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 no. There's time. Sure, it's running long. I don't give a shit because time stops. Space is a vacuum. <laughs> everything stands still <laughs> for pinball market trends it's here it's not going anywhere come on I think I'm going to end this show without doing a pinball market trends you're crazy turning up this week a spooky pinball low hanging fruit sure why not did you guys not see what they did this last week I sold 1750 pinball machines in hours boom done 500 of which came from a theme I still don't know what the hell it is Ultraman well, um, ultra sales because those things sold and I can guarantee you they're going to be selling on the secondary market for more than uh, what the, what you bought them for flip 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 <laughs> for a lot of people out there unfortunately trending down this week just a hair is the Guns N' Roses standards and elites collector's edition still holding value very strongly but finally a little bit more coming back to reality on prices of standards and elites and Guns N' Roses it's not a blink you're going to miss it kind of thing it's going to you hit the snooze button too long, you're going to see, okay. Ah, these prices feel just a little bit better. Now you can grab you a Guns N' Roses Standard and LE, used right at the price of a new one. Feels so good to be back. Trending up, up, down, dizzy. Trending dizzy this week is Whitewater. Holy shit, did you guys see this last week? I mentioned I want a Whitewater somewhere, and the, the, the world goes crazy. I'm mentioning it as a trending dizzy because I'm dizzy. I, tons have shown up on the marketplace. Tons in this last week. It's like a viral, meme worthy kind of thing. Everybody's wanting to sell their white waters now. So, with more on the market, one would think that the price would come down. But it's not. It's still very high. The price is really high on these white waters. I want one, guys. I want one. Uh, but I don't want one if I mention it and this is what happens. I find I don't want one.
2: Sell, sell, sell.
0: I, I still want one. Bye, bye, bye. Minty. Hmm. Don't try to sell me a white water that has a creased topper. Don't do it. You know how much just, just a crease in that, that sparkly decal in that topper reduces the value of that game? Look, Frank, Jim, Susie, roll your eyes all you want. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I hear that too. I only report the facts here. Numbers don't lie you get a creased ass topper on whitewater you're getting at least 500 less than if it weren't a bubble eh, a bubble is better than a, than a crease but if you got a primo one that's plus 1000 dollars right there ladies and gentlemen you heard it here on pinball market trends deal of the week this fun week no save a buck save a two save an avengers an avengers the original avengers hulk ellie edition on facebook pinball for sale by a guy named chris hopper Feeling froggy. <laughs> he's got mods on this thing. It's primo. Looks good. I don't know how many plays he's got on it. He's got the Loki mod, which is that's important. Uh, the The Widow ramp adjusted perfectly. Thank you. The shield pop bumper caps, and the Tesseract. I can't even say that word without whispering it. Tesseract. I still like this game. I I like the blue version better, of the Premium Ellie, but. The Hulk version's cool. Still got the mirrored back glass, still limited. This thing's juicy. 5950? Pfft. Bye, bye, bye! 5950. You could probably talk him into like 57 cash. What game are you gonna find for 5,700 cash? Is this sweet and loaded and yeah, no, you're not gonna find it. So bye-bye bye. Conversely. Deals of the <coughs> Get It Gody. This is a travesty. Pinside. Outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Username, 2Plays25, trying to sell a 1996 Tales of the Arabian Nights. It's been in a private collection since 98. I mean, come on. It's got little to no use on it. Liar! <laughs> Playfield in excellent condition. The are a bald-faced liar! No, it's a, uh, he said it's not perfect. Nothing is. Have you not seen my ass? <laughs> Dimple free everything's works as it should no broken plastics well for $19,975 it better not be it's better be a brand new damn arabian nights in the box sell 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 no N- not this one two plays buddy You're- yours has a big ass chip out of the br- bottom front edge of the cabinet a chip no you know how much a new cabinet is and okay maybe it's been a home use only since 1998 but bruh those external coin slots have been played out more than a oh, Okay, that was a bit too raunchy. Had to beat that one out, so. Did you guys see the uh, the princess insert on this? Tragic! Oh, oh I see wood! I see wood. 19,975. You know what I would give you for this game? Seven grand? Eight? But dude, your play field, dude, your cabinet, dude, your coin slot! Oinky, oinky, oinky. No, you're a liar. Ladies and gentlemen, that was your pinball. Michael This is World Where's that fucking Star Wars comic premium again? (laughs) The legs. Circus legs. All right, everybody, that is the show. I want to do another special thank you to Spooky Pinball and the crew over there for each and every day that they put in to this pinball industry and all the cool stuff that they make. Thanks again, fellas. I appreciate you coming on the show and talking to our fine audience. And as a reminder, if you want to win that spooky, I'm there's going to be cool stuff in there. I'm not going to half-ass you. We'll get some cool stuff in there. You've got to share the link to Facebook for this episode. Say it loud, say it proud, and also put in there what your favorite upcoming feature on one of those Halloween or Ultraman editions is. You going butter? you not going butter? Take a picture of it that you uh, shared it, submit it to the pinball network at gmail.com. And we'll randomly draw some winners for next week. And our sponsor plug flipping out pinball. That's me and Nicole product showcase. This week is an iron man vault. Greg Bone is babysitting an Iron Man vault edition. It's like new. If you want that, contact me. 812-457-9711 or Zach, Z-A-C-H at flip the letter in out pinball.com. or message me on Facebook, social media, wherever. Get your pre-orders in line for the rest of the year because if you're going to want a pinball machine, that's what it's going to require. Mandos are coming, people. Please remain patient. Premiums are rolling off the line. Some premiums this week. I think we got Turtles Pros coming in this month. Maidens, I think, are rolling into August, into July and August. So if you got one pre-ordered from us, that's coming. Avengers Pro and Premium running this month as well. We may have a spot or two. Hot Wheels are coming. Ooh, just ordered some more uh, Big Buck Hunter Reloaded. The closer it gets to holidays and Christmas, stuff's going to be gone. And I should have Mandalorian banners in soon. Remember the mods that they're making? The shooter rod, the art blades, the armor. They're still saying around August. And for those of you who have a pre-ordered Stranger Things topper, they're making more, I believe, production timeline said August as well. Oh, we still have Turtle Toppers. Ninja Turtle Toppers, buy them now. TPN last week, you're going to have to check out just another pinball podcast, episode 31, where my bud Greg Bone joined Joel Engelberth to talk about his history of collecting. It was a damn good episode. I'm going to give Greg Bone and Joel a big round of applause there because I, I listened the whole way through. I really, really enjoyed that. It was a good showing for a bony man. And this week on TPN, I believe we have as an update, Jeff and Marty are taking this week off and then they're going to resume next week with final round pinball podcast. We will likely get a free play this week, I believe. We're at triple drain. We won another episode that wraps it up. Uh, I'm no longer an interview virgin. Still don't know if I like interviews. Email us at the pinballnetwork at gmail.com. Let me know if uh, if that worked for you, if that didn't work for you. I don't know. I'm still mixed. Still mixed, but uh, it was fun talking to the guys. For Spooky, Luke, Bug, and Charlie, I'm Zach Minney. And as always, practice safe pinball and animal cracker up or or down. Or, he, was, he was crawling up the peak. Man, I would be lying if I didn't say the, uh the old heart ticking. Every time I see that little elephant uh, animal cracker crawl up, lift Tyler's uh, stomach there. Who? Don't
1: wanna cry!